love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Ali Graham on Rock Sport Radio. Welcome to Wednesday's Talking Football. Ali Graham in the studio with me, as he always says, on a Wednesday night. Plenty to talk about as well, but let me remind you, you can listen to us on DAB Digital Radio online at rocksportradio.co.uk via your smartphone and your smart speaker using the TuneIn and the Radiogram apps. And you can also watch the programme as we stream live. Uh, That's on Facebook, on Twitter and on Periscope. As I said, plenty to talk about tonight and we're featuring the lower leagues. Uh, Looking ahead to the weekend, clash between first and third uh, Cami Bell, the Falkirk goalkeeper will be our first guest tonight uh, we'll speak to the Blue Brazil manager Gary Bolin about their start to the season then Wraith Rovers defender Stephen Anderson will come back and tell us from a Wraith point of view about that match that's happening uh, at the weekend uh, with Wraith and Falkirk and Tim Armitage is a Swiss football expert he will be talking young boys yep, Rangers are away in Switzerland tomorrow, it's an early kickoff, uh, so we will be discussing how their opposition looks, how they came about and how they got that ridiculous name Uh, all of that to come on the programme and as I say, all wee bits of gems and pearls of wisdom for Mr Graham Magic, great Lowland League, some (laughs) games in the Lowland League I can see see you're overwhelmed by it all, Absolutely, I can tell it's just obviously the Lowland League's turning out to be something this season isn't it, do you not think so? I just think, Bonnie Riggs Rose, I mean we were speaking about about the start of the season, they might not have got in because of a floodlight situation, look at them, flying BSC are at home East Kilbride tonight. East Kilbride are mid-table, but when was it? When was the last time that happened? Well, the East Kilbride was yeah, mid-table. I, I don't. I don't think they have. I think they've always been up in the top two or three, and winning it obviously mm, a couple of times. It's interesting, so, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, that's all kicking off um, as well tonight. Three decent games there, and plus there was games last night as well, Bill. So um, it's shaping up to be a decent league. But I, I do agree with you. It's starting to get to a situation where. The top eight are kind of maybe pulling away a wee bit for the rest of the, the, the teams. You know what puzzles me? What well, doesn't puzzle me? What amazes me is that we start off talking at this point about it's early on in the league. <laughs> then all of a sudden it's Christmas and we're halfway through well, that, the season. That's what, And know, that always yeah. kind of that always kind of throws me because we seem to get from early in the season to halfway through the season very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. And obviously we'll talk to Cammy about that because the league situation... That they're involved in, it's, it's far too early, you know. Say how crucial it is, but if Wraith Rovers win it, then they pull away in the league. And, they're, they're uh, and the other so. thing, of course, is that you know you've got a situation where Falkirk have actually been very strategic in how they've bought and they've brought a lot of big names in to get back up into the championship. I just wonder what the impact would be uh, on the club having gone down this route uh, if they don't get up. I mean, you've got to expect that they would get up through the playoffs, I would assume. I would like to think so. Yeah. You know, it's funny that I'm looking at that table there, and I can remember playing the Premier League. Wraith, Falkirk, Airdrie. Bro, you know, hanging about there and yeah. winning cups and getting the cup finals, and it's League One. It's, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking at the Championship, Bill. You know, and it's funny, it's League One, but you know, you're right, the two big clubs in um, Obviously, Airdrie as well are a big club. And Clyde have sneaked up a wee bit after a dodgy start under wee Danny, so they're, they're in a bit there as well. But you're right, it is early. But see if you can, <laughs> but see you if you can what, hit a Ali? run before Christmas. Ali, every time, every season, <laughs> every season we say the same thing. It's yeah. early in the season. Yeah. And already it's October. So you're two months, three months away, really, from the mid-season. And now, we- I know that's a, a, a quarter of a year, yeah. but it's how quickly you get to that point that always amazes me. 
from this month on, I'll tell you when it starts to pick up for me. That's when the, when the clocks go back. All of a sudden, things just seem to go whoom. I think it's well when you're a manager and maybe you're not getting the results. You're thinking about that month, but it's going to turn around for you, you know. Yeah. And if you keep running out of time, you're looking at the January window then, Bill, because that's just after, obviously, Christmas. So, um, no, no, it's a, it's a big time for these clubs. And um, obviously, they've got to try and hit a wee run together and get as many wins as possible before the, the Christmas break. So... And of course, the other thing is as well that it is a good barometer. Managers do look at that point in the season mm-hmm. and start thinking: Are we in with a shout? Are we out of it? Absolutely. You know, where are we? What do we do? Um, so it is a, an important time, and people do seem to pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah, and also the fact that maybe you've been through your team, you're picking mostly the same twelve, thirteen every week. And you've no any injuries. And you're thinking, <laughs> right? Have you better luck here? I've no dandy. Had a dullion yet, so mm. I mean, we're picking the same players, we're getting a wee bit of consistency. Yeah, come the turn of the year, that might turn the other way, and you might find yourself struggling with injuries. So, well, let's let's talk about it with our, our first guest. It's always good to have him on, Cammy Bell, uh, the Falkirk goalkeeper. Cammy, how are you? I'm good, guys. Yourself? Hi, uh, great. Listen, we, we, Ali and I were having a, a kind of surreal conversation. I just want to run it past you a wee bit. Where we are yeah. now, we say it's we're early into the table. There's a long way to go. But I was saying to Ali, it always strikes me how quickly we get from this point to the January window. Yeah, it, it moves fast even to to get to this point. I, I know it's it is still early in the season, but uh, we're almost sort of quarter through um the games um so it it does it does catch up on you pretty fast and um it's it's been for ourselves at Falkirk it's it's been a, a sort of up and down start for us. We've we've maybe not got as many points on the board as we would want it to have but um it's been a fairly solid start and something we can definitely build on during the season. Well, you're far from out of touch. I mean, you're fairly well placed where you are just now. I know you'd probably be in, like to be top of the table or at least second. Yeah. Um, but it's not a bad start. It's not as if you know you're, you're having to go into any kind of panic stations or anything like that. But what what do you think has been the missing ingredient? Has it been consistency? And if it has, why have why have Falkirk been inconsistent uh, this early in the season? Um, it's hard to put your finger on it. I think well, we've not scored enough goals. That's uh, been a, it's been a problem we've, we've drew too many games nil-nil um, and it's uh, I think we've only conceded two goals in the league this season so far so I mean that, that kind of tells its own story that we've, we've not scored enough goals in games to, to go and get the three points and we've been picking up too many draws but I mean it, it, it's, I mean, it's difficult it's, it's a brand new team um, put together at the start of the season um, so I mean we're all finding out about each other there's still been players coming in over the last sort of Six weeks, we've been had a couple of loans coming in recently as well. So, it's 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 a work in progress, and we know that the league isn't going to be won in the first month or two. It's won over a period of time. So, we know ourselves that we could have done better in games, but it's also also a building process to, towards the final goal, which is being top of the league in May when the league finishes and, and getting promoted. That's ultimately our aim and and something that we are looking to achieve. So. We know nothing's won and lost in, in the sort of first couple of months of the season, but we, we do need to keep working hard and, and progressing um, throughout the season and getting better. 
Cammy, just before I bring Ali in, uh, I, I want to ask you something because yep. I've got this. I've got this way of doing this with you because remember the time I asked you about why the goalkeepers parry balls now or, or punch balls, and you yeah. were saying it's because they move so much. I'm going to ask you something yep. else which I'm puzzled by and I'm curious to know about. Uh, bearing in mind you've kept uh, four clean sheets in the last four league games, what I was going to ask yep. you about is the difference between playing on a synthetic surface for a goalie as opposed to a grass surface? Yes, yeah, uh, obviously it's different for, for every player, but for goalkeepers especially, I think you find um, the bounce of the ball coming coming through on shots um, it can be different on each and every one astroturf, so it's uh, especially for dry or wet, I mean for me, astroturf play completely different when they're wet, um, they're better normally when they're wet because they're faster I think astroturf are slow when they're dry um, so I mean for goalkeepers, as, as I say, every aspect is different. So it's down to the ball, really, and judge, making your judgment calls on decision making whether you're coming through for a, a ball that the top sometimes can be caught out in an aspect of when it, it just checks up and it doesn't bounce through as it would on grass. So, I mean, these are all sort of things you, you take into consideration as a goalkeeper. And normally, I mean, myself, I, I look at my warm up when I'm when I'm playing at a different stadium. It's all obviously okay when I'm at Falkirk Stadium. Um, train on the pitch so we kind of know it but when you go to another opposition stadium and it's asked to us you kind of test these things out in the warm up kind of get a feel for the bounce of the ball over the top if it's going to run through to you if it's going to check up because um, these are all different factors and, and what you're going to face in the game but they do as I say it's, it's the same for outfield players as well I think Astroturfs are, are slow when they're dry and, and not ideal I, I like them a little bit better when they're wet for me, if you could have grass every day of the week, all players would, but we're in this day and age that Astros are um, slowly making their way to, to taking over the, the game in the lower league, certainly, anyways. I think Cammy makes a good point, talking about earlier on there, Bill, about the fact that they're a new team and they're just trying to find their way a wee bit. But I would like to ask them, obviously I've always associated, yep. and you've always associated Falkirk, Bill, with a championship Premier League side. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it maybe a case of not underestimating Cammy, but just finding your feet when you go into places like, you know, Peterhead and Troes, Strunrar. Do you think yeah. after the first quarter, the guys will maybe understand what, what, what League One's all about and, and then maybe drive on and, and, and get the points that you need to get up the, the top of the league? No, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, there's a lot of boys that, that maybe have not played in this league, yeah. but. I think the manager at the start of the season signed the right type of player. I think he looked at what type of player he would need in League One. Um, guys who can battle, who can, who have, have got good quality as well, but who know what Strunar away is all about and mm-hmm. Montrose away. These are difficult, difficult places to go. And you, you find, you see it in the Betfred Cup at the start of the season. Teams go to these places, the SPL teams, and find it difficult. Um, they're not easy places to go because they're well-drilled yeah. teams. They are part-time, but they're, they're guys who go in there and have probably played at a good level at one point in their career and maybe maybe drop down the leagues due to different circumstances. But they're still good players in, in this league. And it's, it's also a difficult one this season because it's different from probably previous seasons that Falkirk have been in the Championship. They have had expectations in the Championship, but there's also been other bigger teams in the Championship, Dundee United, You've got obviously previous seasons with Hearts, Hibs, Rangers were in the league for periods when Falkirk were in the championship. So there was always other big clubs, whereas mm-hmm. Falkirk are the focal point of League One and, and the biggest club there by far. 
So they, they are there. Everyone's there to shoot at us and, 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 and try and beat us. We're, we're everyone's cup final. So, again, that's something that players need to deal with, the mentality of um, dealing with a weekend result that you're expected to win. And we we, we felt that already from our own fans who aren't happy with a nil-nil draw. Uh, they're not, they're not, it's not good enough for them. And we know that ourselves. It's not good enough for us. We want to win every game, but it's, it, it is a difficult league as well. We know that. That, that. That's the reason why I asked it, Bill, because there's no doubt that Falkirk coming to town are Guys raise their game. I mean, you always do against yeah. the bigger clubs. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But what, what helps sometimes, Cammy, is as well, having a few players in the, the your team that journeymen that have been there and done it and they know what that's like being in that yeah. kind of situation. Or even guys, when they were younger, Bill, coming through the leagues and p- going back to play at that league again. Because mm-hmm. they kind of know. They know what they expect at Peterhead. They know what they expect at Forker, F. Orfer. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a difficult thing. But I just think once you go over that first quarter and they've played everybody, I think you maybe start to see the quality, but I'm just just wondering about obviously the goals you were speaking about, Cami. But what's the situation? Yeah. I mean, what's why is that? Is it a confidence thing with the strikers? Or are you not creating chances? No, I mean the good thing is that we are creating right. chances. We've just not been taking enough chances in games. And I mean, it's, there's, there's kind of vital moments in every game that yeah. you get an opportunity, and, and and there's ones that we've maybe made the wrong decision, or, or it's been. It's been a shot off target, whereas it should have hit target. I think going back to these five games on Saturday, I felt as if we got in at the final third enough and had enough possession, um, but kind of probably made the wrong decisions in the final third, and uh, we could have created more clear cut opportunities if we made the right decision. Um, we had a couple of opportunities we should have done better again on Saturday, but these are these are these are opportunities that we need to start taking. We know once we score one goal, we can go on and score more. But it's getting that first goal in the game, and and some games we might only get two or three good opportunities. You yeah. need to take one of them. You can't rely on creating 15 opportunities. I think before the week before when we played Stranraer, with sort of 15 shots on target, but that's not going to happen every week. Yeah. You might only get three on target. We need to make one of them count, and that that's kind of where we've we've faltered at, at the start of the season so far. That the games that we haven't created as many chances, we've not managed to stick one of them in the back of the net. Even Listen, the one good thing though is you're not losing goals, yeah. and that that you know yeah. that's that's a, a godsend when your your strikers are just trying to get their eye in and get their confidence up. And that's what I mean, Ali. You yeah. know that better than anybody. Absolutely. That's what it's all about with the yeah. strikers. It's mm-hmm. allowing them the time because you know what it's like. You score a goal and everything starts falling into place. It's a confidence thing <laughs> with strikers. You, asking me, I know what it's all about, and Falkirk in the same set. Well, that, 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 that obviously <laughs> that obviously is a time in your life. You know you wanted to bury. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I get back to the... the you, you absolutely thumped them back in 6 now at the start of the season. So you can maybe imagine, Cammy, yeah. that the fans are thinking, you know, hat-trick McManus, Salmon's got a couple of Telfer. You're thinking that... The fans are thinking, this is it. We're going to... You're going to gob everybody at Falkirk Stadium every time we get them, and, mm. and it's not as easy as that. Cammy, that's a good point that Ali makes. You know, for a club like Falkirk, there is an expectation level, and you'll both yeah. you'll both agree with me. Bearing in mind they're my local team, and I go to Falkirk on a regular basis, you'll both agree with me that Falkirk fans can make their views well known yeah. very quickly when they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so expectation at the best of times for a club like Falkirk is that managing those expectations can be quite difficult. When you're in a league like League One and you're Falkirk Football Club, it must actually make it even more difficult. 
Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, we knew uh, uh, when I signed, certainly when I signed at the start of the season, I knew expectations were going to be high. You'd be expected to win every game. Um, the games that you win, as I say, we beat them bang 6 0 at home. But then when you win one game like that, the fans mm. start to think that you can do that every game, and uh, it's, it's just it's just not going to happen. It's, it's such a tough league, and as I say, there is good players in this league and good teams, so you need to respect that as well. Um, but we know that. We, we, we want to go and try and win every game. It's going to be difficult, and the fans are expecting us to go home and away and win games. Um, but ultimately, our goal this season is to get promoted. And as I say, getting promotion isn't won and lost in the first couple of months. It's, it's a brand-new team as well, so it's, a, it's about progressing. And I think we have been progressing. We've, we've started keeping clean sheets. We're slowly getting the goals. That, um, we just need to kind of get that, that final bit that, when we only get two or three opportunities in a game, we put one on our way and we make sure we win games 1-0 when it's not going our, going our all going our way in games. So there's going to be games at this season that you need to grind out and win 1-0 and get over the line and just get the three points on the board. So look, we're learning about the league as well. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of football in the league. There is some teams that try and play, but there's also direct teams as well. So no, it's a, we realise that there's huge expectation on our shoulders and and as you say, the fans let us know if, if we don't perform, and we know ourselves, but that, I, I totally agree with them. If, if we don't perform, then they pay their money. So um, I'm quite happy for them to be vocal towards us because we're not happy inside the changes in either. I suppose you can maybe, the two clubs, Wraith Rovers as well, Cammy and Bill, that you yep. know, they're expected to win that league yes. and be in the Championship. And yep. Wraith fans still think they should be challenging the Championship to go up. So there's a bit of pressure on both managers, but. Obviously, where they're sitting in the league, because I mean, McGinn was under, John McGinn was under a wee bit of pressure at the start of the season. I don't know what was going on there, but he's put a winning formula together and they've got 18 points at the yeah. top of the league. I, I think John McGlynn and, and Ray are, yeah. are similar in the style of football they want to play. Yeah. They like to keep it down and move the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I think it'll be yeah. a good game. I think it'll be an interesting game at the weekend. Let me just talk about Ray, if I may, for a minute and, and, and see whether the gaffer's finding it a little bit easier this season to have the, the furore that there was last season. And it seemed to drag on, Cammy. Nothing to do with Ray or, or anything like that in terms of it dragging on, but it was dragged on by both clubs, Falkirk and Morton. Um, just wondering yeah. how, how much easier it is now. Or is there still a wee bit of a cloud hanging over things, not because of that, but because... And, and we spoke to Mark Campbell, who was supposed to be taking the club over, but that all seems to have come to a shuddering halt. Is there still a degree of uncertainty about what's going on at the club? And is that filtering down to the players? It's, it's not filtering down to the players. I mean, ultimately, we can't do anything about the club getting taken over. If it gets taken over, it then it does, it goes through and, and, and hopefully it's somebody who's looking to progress the club um, but I mean again, it's, uh, we are fully focused on what's happening on the pitch, we've got enough to deal with um, on the pitch so we just kind of focus the end there of looking to, to put a, a, a winning formula together to, to make sure we get on a good run and, and we're putting um, points on the, on the board so I mean again, back to the Gaffer situation last season, obviously there was a it was, a, it was a strange situation when he left Morton to go to Falkirk and there was a lot of big hoo-ha about what happened about it. But I think that's kind of left um, everyone at the moment and, and hopefully um, he's been focused. The gaffer's been brilliant with the boys and brilliant with myself as well. Worked from before at Dundee United, so I know what he's all about and, and one of the reasons that I signed with the gaffer. So um, I think 
as I said, it's hard to say, have patience with, with everyone, with the team, with the management. But I know we will come good because we work so hard day in, day out, and we've got very, very good players. It's just getting that final bit to click together, and then I'm sure we'll, we'll be winning week in, week out. And we know it's not going to be easy, but the amount of work we put in, I think um, that the winning formula will come together at one point. All of us, all of us here, we all thought that he got a very raw deal at Dundee United. I mean, he was six points off the top of the table and, yeah. and lost his job. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That was crazy. I mean, I, I left at the, the the start of that season, sort of down to personal reasons. Um, the reason I left Dundee United was nothing to do with the manager. Um, as I said, I had a great relationship with the manager at Dundee United, and, and he didn't want me to leave, but it was down to uh, personal circumstances for myself that I had to leave. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was crazy looking from the outside, speaking to guys in there, that, that he, he lost his job at that point. And, uh, I mean, it just shows you what happened after he lost his job. Shows you always isn't greener on the other side. Um, <laughs> they, they hit turmoil for another uh, sort of year after he left, and probably cost them a lot, a lot of money uh, with players that were signed, and, and and obviously the next manager wages, and then again they've they've managed to win on a storm, but it's took them a long time um, to get there, and, and ultimately I've always said that Dundee United have never got. Any closer than when I was there. We, we played the playoff final, we beat 1 0 of Hamilton over the two legs, and obviously they've done that with St Mirren and got beat away the playoff final. But I mean, the budget's increased massively since since I've been there, so um, they'll be expected to go up this season, and there'll be huge pressure on them to go up. Listen, just talking about your former club, and Ali will come in on this as well, because I'm sure he's got things to say, because he's been quite vocal about it over the, the weeks and months. Um, are you surprised or not at the turmoil there's been at Partick Thistle? And although they've appointed Ian McCall as manager and Archie's back there again, uh, there's still yep. a great deal of uncertainty about who's going to be in control of the club, it would seem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been like that for a while. It's been a, a little bit um, sort of unstable and and a lot of changes happened over the sort of last um, eighteen months, if you would say. Um, it's 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 been a strange situation with a with a sort of board level changes that have happened at the club. Um, a lot of people leaving and people coming back, and then still more people wanting to come back. So it's it, it is it's, it's a kind of complicated situation. Again, with the, the manager situation, that's was well documented. That didn't go on very well with Gary Caldwell. Um, Did anybody? I mean, that, that, <laughs> I mean that's well, listen, everybody can speak for themselves. Uh, I, I didn't have a good experience with him, and that's why I, I, I only left the club. I went on loan to Donston and managed to just get away from the club at that point. And then at the end of the season, I knew my, my time was up because Gary Caldwell was still the manager. So it was time for me to leave. But I mean, ultimately, I think they've done the right thing um, in changing. And I think Ian McCall's a, a great appointment because I know that how much passion he's got about the club and, and how he wants the club to go in the right direction. I was a little bit surprised he actually took it with the uncertainty at boardroom level, but whether he knows more than myself or anyone else what's actually happening inside yeah. there. Um, just for the long-term sort of side of it, if there is a consortium comes in from Dumbsell or abroad or whatever, you, the manager's job's always uncertain at that point. So I was a little bit surprised he took it, but I understand why he took it, because he loves the club so much, and I think it's a great appointment because he's a he's a very good manager and I think they will really, really shoot up the table in the next few weeks. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Cammy said the right thing there about obviously the uncertainty, Bill, because we were a wee bit surprised when 
Ian took the job. So well, Danny Lennon was was that's odds right. on favourite no, with everybody, yeah. and I'd heard yeah. that he was a club's favourite. Yeah. Um, but you know, Clyde yeah. refused permission for the, the Thistle to speak to him, and then he signed a contract ex- uh, extension at, at Clyde. So I think I think I think the thing as well, Cammy, with, with, with the Thistle situation was when when um, Gary was in there. I think when the, the players aren't they doing the business in the park, and then there becomes a wee bit of kind of. You know what it's like. Maybe the guys that are only getting a game. Oh, you hear wee rumours. You hear wee things. Guys are unhappy. Boardroom level seems to be worse. Boardroom level seems to be I'm, worse. I'm just laughing because you're saying you hear wee rumours. <laughs> People were passing notes to his daily. I know, I know. Thistle, thistle <laughs> players <laughs> were passing his notes daily saying, get me out, get me out. Absolutely. But, but see me, you're getting the results on the park, Bill. Cammy. You're getting results on the park yeah. as a team. It can of... It's not as bad the boardroom battles, the mm. boardroom stuff. You know what I mean, Bill? And I just yeah. think Thistle have suffered like Falkirk did. With what's going on there is, there the is a comparison, absolutely. And and when things only happening on the park, it always looks worse. It always looks worse. But the board, you know, if that guy had been out there and won all his games, Bill, and there was stuff in the background that he could do nothing about, Cammy, well, fair play to the guy. But obviously there wasn't he. Yeah. And there was people no happy. They weren't getting the points. The fans weren't happy, and they, they had to make a change. And I think they've made made the right change because it's <laughs> I think everybody piled on them at the weekend when McCall's first game although what a, what a victory up at Inverness you know nobody thought they'd got there and win that and they won it quite yeah. comfortably so everybody's piling on again I this weekend he, I, think <laughs> I think he's won uh, Championship Manager of the Month for September what was that one win? I, 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 I had a funny feeling I'd heard that but I mean they're a flying high as well you know and it just shows you how competitive that league is but no, I think you're right. I do see similarities, Bill, with, with the Falkirk situation in Thistle, but that's what happens, Cam, when you come on, you played for all these clubs, we can get through every one of them. <laughs> we, can, we can dissect <laughs> them and find out about them. <laughs> what was I going to say? Cammy, before I let you go, I've got one really important question yep. for you. What's all that digging that's going on at the front of the Falkirk Stadium? Well, it's, uh, it's actually um, going to be a, a new hub for um, charging electric cars. Um, believe it or not. Um, all right, okay. Uh, that's what all that digging's going to be. I think uh, I don't know if they've done a, a a deal with Tesla. I think it's some, uh, it's one of the one of the car electric car companies that they've done a deal with. But that's that's uh, the chaos that's happening there. I go past it every morning and I think to myself, I wish I knew what was going on there. Well, that's that's exactly. We have an insight to what's going on. <laughs> Listen, thanks for being on with us. Good luck for the weekend uh, against Wraith Rovers Cheers, and for the rest of the season. And hopefully, we'll have another discussion. Oh, just before you go, and I know it's a commentator's yes. curse, so I'm going to I'm going to apologise in advance. No problems with injuries or niggles or anything so far. No, I'm 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 fully fit and and uh, and flying at the moment, so I'm, I'm feeling really good. So goalies don't fly. <laughs> hopefully that continues throughout the season alright thanks very much for being on with us thanks again Cammy. Cheers, guys. Thank Cammy Bell, the Falkirk number one there, talking to us uh, about the match. We're going to be talking to uh, Stephen Anderson a wee bit later on from Wraith Rovers about that fixture as well. Uh, can I just say also, we've got a slight change. Alec Robinson uh, will be talking to us instead of Tim Armitage about young boys. Uh, Rangers' uh, opponents tomorrow. It's an early kickoff. Uh, so we'll be talking to him. He'll be giving us the lowdown on them, uh, talking about their plastic pitch and uh, what, how Rangers will negotiate that. Um, Rangers, the old firm don't look particularly comfortable on synthetic surfaces to me. Uh, I was saying this to Jerry Collins last night on the show. Um, 
I think Rangers can come away with something tomorrow, though. Yeah. And if you can bring points back from your away games, I think Rangers are more than good enough to see people off at Ibrooks. I just think sometimes, Bill, the, it depends. All these plastic pitches are all different, you know. There must be decent ones out there that are, you know, play properly, play a wee bit better. And obviously, Cammy was highlighting as well there, you know, when they're dry, Bill, did they wet them? Did they know wet them? They're playing against a particular football team that play a certain way. I just think they're decent when they're slick, you know, and some of them are better than others. The Kilmarnock one for me is the worst that I've seen. I don't like the Kelly one. I saw it again at the weekend, and I, I, I don't like that at all. As I say to you, I've been doing it. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't look look right. Even though it's a new pitch, it looks yeah. like an old pitch. I know that. But doing it at the start of the season, every time they've laid it a couple of times, doing it Hamilton, I've always found that decent. The winter I went to Livingston. I know you don't. You, you, it looks different, but when I was there, with it. Well, you said. Well, I mean, we talked about yeah. it regularly, and I thought it was. And you thought, well. and you, th- you know, you were yeah. quite like me, a wee bit disparaging about it. Yeah. But then when you yeah. went there, you felt it was pretty and I good. Think, yeah, and I think the reason for that was, and I'm not making any excuses, <laughs> but it was pretty no frosty that night, but it was a cold, cold night, and I don't think the wee pellets were flying about as much as we yeah. should have. So it kind of played, you know, quickly. That you could zip the ball about on it, although, and there was just that wee bit of frost that was on it, and it was really good for the players. And talking to the players, Bill, because they're the ones that count ultimately. So, the boys that we had thoroughly enjoyed playing on it. I've got to be honest. I've I've kind of started to reassess my feelings about the AstroTurf in the top league, uh, yeah. um, and I know that they all have to meet stricter standards in the grass surfaces in terms of testing and that it's done randomly so they can't prepare for an inspection but I just feel that the inconsistency of them there are some that that play reasonably well there are ones I just don't like Mm -hmm. at all I just think in the top league maybe it's time that we started to look at that again but what do you do because if a team then comes up from the championship and they've got a synthetic surface you can't really stipulate for them you've got to spend X amount, £100,000, putting yeah. a grass part down. Yeah, I don't know whether we go by that one, but it's for top league. I think in our top league, everybody, you just need to take the model of Motherwell, look at their part. Did they, did they, am I right or am I wrong? Because I can't remember if it's League 2 in Holland or League 1 in Holland. The uh, synth- they, they've got the synthetics. Yeah, maybe I, think it's the, I think it's League 2, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But I, know, I know where you're going with that. But I just think in our top league, it should all be grass parks. Mm. There's guys out there that can make your park Decent now. They've got all these groundsmen for the golf clubs and everywhere, and they know what they're doing. It's odd, it's different for the old day, the guy out with the fork and all that yeah. stuff, you know. If the rain comes on, it's off. But not only that, there's, been, there's been a huge development in hybrid mixes of grass, yeah. which changes the complexion well, of them it's, it's as well. Fir part just tough? Is fir part still tough? Because if it is, it's fantastic, really good. I, 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 it's not, I don't think it's a hybrid, but no. it's easy now to yeah. get pitches where you you have they're hybrid in a different way mm-hmm. they're not synthetic natural yeah. they're actually blends of different types of grasses yeah and the so guy, the guy knows what he's doing that kind of also, it's immaculate I just think park that, is immaculate it's, 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 it's one of the best playing surfaces Sterling Albion's yeah. park as well Bill they, they've, they've, got the, they've got that down to a tee as well I've never ever seen that you know not with a bit of grass on it it's always as flat as a pancake the ball runs truly I think but it, the <laughs> The day and age where our top league yeah. should have grass parks. Mm. Something like that. OK, um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll speak with our next guest. That's Gary Bolin, the uh, 
manager of Cowdenbeath, the Blue Brazil, off to a half-decent start. Let's talk to him after this. Let's hear it for the girls. Looks at every issue affecting Scottish women in Scottish sport, from the participation to the administration. Maureen McGonigal leaves no stone unturned on all the issues affecting women's sport in Scotland. Focusing on sport from a woman's perspective, let's hear it for the girls salutes the stars of tomorrow and the legends of today. Catch Maureen every Tuesday evening at 8pm, only on Rock Sport Radio. Love music, live sport. Do you hear that? That's your family coming round to your new house for Sunday lunch. Your son opening the door of his first home. Visitors arriving at your guest house. Friends coming over to watch the football. Scottish Building Society offer a range of mortgages, so we can turn this into this. No! Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. They've had your money long enough. Now's the time to act. If a bank like Lloyd's or the Halifax persuaded you to move your savings and you lost out, don't miss this opportunity to get your money back. Text GOOD to 6677 and Goodwin Barrett could help you recover money you thought had gone for good. Don't miss out. Text GOOD to 66777 now. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, turns out if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Ali Graham on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, let's move to our second guest tonight. Always good to have him on as well, and he'll be a happy camper at the minute, I would think. Gary Boland, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, nice, to, uh, good evening, lads, and uh, hope you're well. We are very well. Uh, I was saying you must be a happy camper at the minute, Gary. Apart from uh, uh, the Cove result, uh, you've been flying. Won your last five games. Well, well, we have, um, you know, but we haven't achieved anything yet, which is the big thing. Um, but I'm, I'm more than pleased with the start of the season we've had um, and obviously looking to continue in the vein of former engine at the moment. What do you think the, the, the ingredient that's made the difference this season has been, Gary? Have you, have you kept a nucleus of the team from last season or is it that you've changed the quality and up the quality? What do you think it is that's made the difference this season? Um, I think it's a bit of both. We, we kept the nucleus of what we had last year. You know, We had a real good um, end to the season last year as well. Moving on into this season, um, we we then, you know, we broadened our horizons and went out and looked at players. We brought in, you know, players that we think are a better um, quality than we had, um, you know, to improve the squad. And at the moment, um, the players that we brought on, have, you know, they've been excellent um, and I've absolutely no complaints with their form at all. That's five wins in the bounce, Gary. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're absolutely fantastic. And it just shows you how you can move up the table. Obviously, you know, you've looked at the, and we always speak about it every year, you know, the, the situation, if you're doing that bottom half and it's coming to the end of the season, I know it's only the start of the season, but when you get the wins, then it kind of really, really pushes you on. As you say, 
it gives you the confidence to move on into the next season. That's something that you done last year. That's something we've done, you know. It's, it's, it's the gradual improvement as well. You know, yeah. we, we bettered ourselves last year than, than the previous season. We're looking to do that again this year. Um, we've had a good start. You know, we've taken 18 points for eight games, which which is great form. Um, and it's amazing that you know we can possibly finish the quarter, the first quarter of the season with 21 points and nobody top the league. Um, which is you know yeah. it's just the, the form that cover as well, fantastic. Did you happen, Gary? Um, did you happen to look, sorry? Did you happen to, to give yourself a total in that first quarter before you knew you were going to get twenty one well, points? Well, Ali, you're, you're, if, uh, if you're taking eighteen, nineteen points a quarter, you know that's league winning form. Absolutely. Um, if you finish the season with seventy two points, you know you'll you'll be there or thereabouts. So mm-hmm. There'll not be many teams in front of you. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, pre- um, it's so pretty. It's pretty. Targets we've set. It's pretty pointless asking you if you're one of those managers that sets themselves targets in quarters. Some people say they do, some people say they don't. It's kind of obvious now that you do. Well, no, well, we do. Well, we have this year um, because we feel we've got a squad that are, you know, that are good enough to go and challenge in the top yeah. end of the league. Um, you know, players, we've got a couple of good loans for Hearts. You're two young kids who have come in and did really well. We've got a young goalkeeper for Hibs, Kevin Dabrowski, who unfortunately at the minute is, is out with a, a fractured cheekbone. Um, you know, we brought Craig Barron. Who, who at this level, you know, he's a fantastic player at level. Yeah. That's what I've tried to sign Craig on numerous occasions. I had him at um, Livingston and I had him at Airdrie. Um, I tried to sign him again at Forfa, um, you know, but for the travel was a bit difficult. But when he come, become available in the summer and, and we spoke to him and when he decided that uh, he was going to come to us, I was absolutely over the moon because I knew that we had a player who he would help us with his experience and, you know, just that sort of the, the mentality in the dressing room and, 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 a, and a captain type, if you want. Gary, we've had we've had two or three managers on and we've had a, a couple of chairmen on from League Two and they've all said the same thing and that is that League Two is now a totally different beast since the pyramid and that you really do need to get as many points in the bag early on because... You know, you've not got that safety net anymore of automatically staying in the SPFL. That it must be really pleasing for you to get this start to the season and not give you breathing space, but but know that you've got a wee bit of a comfort zone, even though we're early into the season. Well, it is early, but you always want to avoid being, you know, languishing at the bottom end of the table. Um, Cowdenbeath have been there. Mm-hmm. I've been through it with Cowdenbeath, um, and it's really not a nice situation to be in. Um, and it's vitally important that, you know, we, as a club, you know, we don't go through that again because, you know, it was painful um, and, and, you know, it was really nervy towards the end of that season. Um, but, you know, we managed to sneak through, <coughs> um, obviously, against Cove at that, at that time when they were in the Highland League um, and, you know, keep our uh, league status. Um, but it was difficult, um, I can assure you of that. After the start of the season, you, you, you had a couple of tough fixtures in the Cups and that, didn't you, Gary? And did, did you think, you know, obviously the United and Hearts in there, and then I think you beat East Fife. Did you think you would be yeah, where you yeah, are? Well, yeah. Well, I knew we've got good players. Yeah. It was it was putting things together, gelling together. Um, if you look at our cup section, we had. Yeah. Um, we were the only team that beat East Fife in the section. That's right. Um, you know, um, uh-huh. they beat um, they beat Dundee United at Tannadice and, and they drew with Hearts at Tynecastle. So, um, you know, we, we put up a good show against yep. Hearts and we put up a good show against Dundee United. Um, so, you know, going into the, the, the league campaign, as I say, we knew we had good players there. It, it was, you know, putting them on the pitch and make, getting them to jail and, and getting things together. Um, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm pleased that we've managed because we have got some good players at the level we're playing at. 
Have you changed any in the training methods or anything like that at all, Gary, for for these you guys coming in or the guys that you had last season? No. No. No, absolutely no. Yeah. Um, you know, guys that have worked with me in the past, you know, such as Craig Barr and guys who have been at County with me for, you know, the, the nearly the two years we've been there. Yeah. Um, they know how we work and we try to get the best at them. That's what we try to do. Um, we didn't ask them to do things that, you know, that they're not capable of. Um, and we keep things simple, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's no, there's, there's no um, anything magical in there that we try and do that um, we just let players do, you know, things they can do and, and do it to the best of their ability. Do you feel as if, looking at the league at the minute, and I know it's early doors, I know it's really early, but I mean, you look at the gap, it's nine points between you and Queen's Park. You know, the top three are in there at the Cove, Edinburgh. Oh, that's still not big enough for me at yep. the minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> um, no, no, in all seriousness, yeah. it is a gap. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's what we've got to do is, is even trying to widen that gap anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Gary, Saturday, yeah. I, I think I think we're looking at the, the league over the seasons. We didn't really see that to you know kind of going into after Christmas time or whatever. But it seems to me that you uh, are really uh, putting the run together at the minute, and it's showing up with the results. Because well, I couldn't believe well, you, we you are, were three yeah. one at Hamden, by the way, to beat Queens Park, and I, right? I couldn't believe that a three one a team right, in League okay. Two couldn't believe it, and he's won handsomely. Well, um, yeah. well, Ali, I hope you were on. I, I was. Gary, he wouldn't have mentioned it if he hadn't have picked up cash. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, but you know, you, as you know it, you know, a, a, a football match is a two-horse race, and you know, prices don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. Bookies put up prices for whatever reason they do so. Um, but our lads go out and play, um, and if we get a result, fantastic. Um, and we went to Queen's Park, we got a result. Yeah. We, we played, you know, we didn't play particularly well that day, but we won, we won three 0 yeah. Um, and again, last Saturday we probably weren't at our best, um, and I don't think we have been at our best yet. And I think there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Listen, I've got a tweet come in, and somebody's asked, uh, "Can you ask Gary how his loanee from Hearts is doing?" Uh, as seeing rave reviews on fan forums. Um, well, we've got two on loan. Um, we've got young Chris Hamilton um, and Connor Smith, um, both who are fantastic talents. Uh, young Chris plays at the back um, and he's so assured and, and comfortable on the ball he reads the game very well um, and young Connor's one he'll play he could play anywhere across the middle or he could even play up, up as a striker um, he's got fantastic awareness and you know he's a, he's a talent to, to look out for in, in the coming in the coming years as, as Connor Smith Has it been helpful that, that so many youngsters for clubs are being sent out to loan now to try and get them kind of up to speed and get them that game time and experience? I think it's important that you know at the age they are to, to go out there and, and I think it's a term that a lot of people use is go and play proper men's football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they play the reserve league and um but people, you know, fans that go what they don't even remember who wins the reserve game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you've got fans on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, whoever they may watch, if it's Cowden Beath or if it's Albion Rovers or Queen's Park, if they've got kids on loan that are going to play there, these kids are going to play and, and there's a purpose to their to their game and it's to win. Um you know, and that—that's. I think if they go out and serve that purpose and and, and learn the game in the proper environment, um, it only helps their development and it's magic for them. Gary, did you come across these boys when you played the Hearts Under Twenty Ones in the Challenge Cup? No, I had seen them before. Right. Um, having gone watching games, Ali, um, I seen young Chris last year. He was on actually on loan at Berwick, but um, having gone to watch a lot of Twenties games with my son playing as well, um, I, I seen the kids and I, I seen a lot of Twenties games. So. Um, when they became available and 
and Gary Naismith, when Gary took the job, he, he phoned up asking if I have any interest in it, and mm. that was that were the two that I, that um, that, that um, I said to him that I would be keen on taking, and, and Hearts have been kind enough to give them to us. I suppose as well, Bill, when they played and he's done really well against the big team, they would have been thinking, by the way, this could be a club that could maybe benefit our young kids to go to. I think it's great for young kids yeah. to go out, and I agree with both of you. I think it's important for too often. I can't remember in the five years we've been doing the show, I can't remember speaking to one coach or even ex-player who've said there was any merit in the development league. They've all said you've got to get them playing yeah. a more physical game, the man's game. Uh, you've just said it, Gary, and everybody that we've spoken to on the show has agreed with that. So, you know, I think it's great that clubs now are saying, let's get these boys out wherever it is well, they go. I think if you go back the years, even when I was coming through the youth ranks at Dundee United, um, the reserve football at that stage, you know, it was a lot different to what it is now. You were playing in proper stadia, and you, I mean, if the if Dundee United such were at home and the first team to Rangers on a Saturday, for instance, you know, you'd be away at Ibrox playing in environments yeah, such as yeah. that. So you were actually you were learning, and I remember playing in reserve games, and Terry Butcher was playing, and you know, and Durante was playing, you know, and you were actually reserve games. You were actually playing against men. Um, it was players who were actually at the first team um, who were playing in reserves to get back into the first team. Um, there was a lot at stake, um, you know, and the, 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 I think the reserve games in, in years gone by were different to what they are now. Can I ask you both a question just to see what you think? And I've only just thought about this. Has the value of the reserve game, although it's better now in terms of having the development league, having reserve games are putting, and even now people are starting to question the reserve league, but is reserve team football badly affected now because of the, the squad situation with, uh, with the, the first team that you can have so many people sat on the bench? I think yeah, I think that's that's a lot to do with because uh, the reserves I'm talking about, you only had you only mm. had two subs on the that's bench. That's right, yeah, yeah, um, you did. You know, uh, at that stage in the, in the late early eight, the late eighties and sort of early nineties, um, there was only two subs available. So I mean, even even I mean sometimes and Ali will back me up here on a, the reserve games used to be a Friday night before the first team game on a Saturday. Mm. Um, and if you thought you had a chance of going out there and knock your pan in and get a place in that 13 on a Saturday, um, but and sometimes that would happen at Dundee United, mm -hmm. playing the reserves on a Friday night and get a place on the bench on the Saturday. Um, so there was always something to play for, and you were going out to play at the top of your game then because the opportunity was sitting in front of you. I can actually remember, Gary, and I don't want to get into contracts or things like that because obviously you're on a 25-year contract at the D United when you were a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember, you were talking, talking about the two subs there, and I can remember when it changed because I was at Motherwell and I always remember we Tam McLean saying, see the three subs, and I was always a sub because we do Garnet started. And uh, he would play one up front, you're a sub, no bother. Big Billy Thompson was a goalie, you know, you know Big Billy as well. And, yeah, uh, I played with Tom yeah, and the yeah. Rangers. Alex. And he said, aye, and he said, <laughs> says, and what will do is, is the win, uh, the win bonus today will be such and such, and the three subs will split it between two. Did that happen to you, yeah. Gary? You were, you were actually lucky then. We <laughs> 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 Jim used to decide if he would give what he called no money at the time if you're involved in the first team, and it was at his discretion. So sometimes, even though you were in the 13, you didn't get it, depending on his mood. <laughs> Some boy. Probably.
Probably. It doesn't matter what you talk about. There's always a story about we Jim, isn't there? Oh, I mean, well, listen, I was we were we were scouring through some quizzes this week and all that kind of thing on the, you know looking at the trivia things. And some of the boys on Twitter put up photos. You might have seen it, but it was in D United, big dailies in me guy, aye, and aye, big Duncan Ferry, some photos by the way, brilliant. Know, I haven't seen it, but I've been told yeah. two, or three, two or three people. But um, you know, oh, your team at that time, we we used to go and and I'll be honest with you, there was nobody at that time used to beat us. I think oh, we won some two team. cups at the time and. Yeah. And any tournaments we went and played them, we won them, you know, um, with, with, with a good bit of ease at times. Um, you know, one that sticks out was the, the Celtic Centenary Tournament in 1988. Um, and the, the game was, the final was to be played before um, Celtic versus Cruzeiro at Parkhead. You know, obviously Celtic hoping and expecting to get to the final. Yeah. Um, but on the way, we knocked Celtic and Rangers out. Um, and the final that day was against Dunfermline. It was Dundee United v Dunfermline at Parkhead in front of a full house in, on, in their sardinery day. Um, and they did go on to win it. I was going to ask you as well, see like so that young squad at the time, now you always see that uh, Hibs photograph of the boys coming through Riordan, all the boys, me, uh-huh. Manis, sorry. when you look at that squad you, you you were in, the boys that all kind of really, really had great careers, who was the, who was the, the boy that stood out in that squad? Or was there somebody that stood out in that squad? Ali, no really, because no. we had some good players and we had, you know, in that photograph, I think, um, Eddie Convo and Tom McMiller in that as well. Right. Um, and we, the, these two guys were, were two really, really good players who unfortunately at a very young age got bad injuries um, and had and just had to give up football. Mm. Um, you know, they played in our, the, the under-16 World Cup team, the two of them, um, yeah. and they were really good players, but unfortunately... Um, they had to give up, as I said, through injury. Um, but they both went on to do really well for themselves. But, you know, that was the sort of calibre of player yeah. at that time. We were, yeah. we, we'd come through, I think, we were, I think we were maybe 11 year old and we went through to under 16. So there was a great understanding there and we were all, you know, we were together as much as we can. Um, you know, there used to be a squad trained in Dundee and a squad in Glasgow. But whenever um, Dundee United were able, able to get us together, they did so. Um, and there was a huge benefit at that time. You know, and there was no pro pro youth leagues at that time. It was just get-togethers. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was. Do you know? It's just looking at what you were talking about. You know, the, the boys gone and you know, getting games and reserves and what, what they're doing now is just farming them out. You've got a couple of Hearts boys. We know that Cove have got a couple of boys for Aberdeen. Bill, if I'm right in saying that, right, they have. Yeah. So I mean, it's. What, what do you feel? I think that's your only three-two defeat. You get beat by them. Was it? Was it? You know, could you get a draw? Three-two early. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were down two 0 We got back to two-two. Yeah. Um, and we lost, a, we lost the game with virtually the last kick of the ball. We restarted the game and the referee blew his whistle for full time. So yeah. we were a bit unlucky. Um, yeah. We'd done great to get back in the game. Um, but, you know, that, that just gave us a bit of sort of, um, you know, we, we know that we can, we can match Cove yeah. um, if we're at our best because to beat them, we'll need to be at our best. Yeah. Gary, are you surprised at, at how well Cove are doing? I mean, I know you'll not be surprised with Youngie and, and Paul Hartley there because of, of their pedigree in that. But and in terms of, I mean, Youngie was in with me on Monday, uh, looking back over the weekend's fixtures, and he insisted that oh. when they went there, they, they were surprised at the standard of the players they were inheriting. Um, but they would have known that. Maybe not everybody else would have with Cove coming from the Highland League. Have you been surprised by Cove? Um, no, not really, not really, Bill. To be honest, um, they were a good side when we played them in the playoffs uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. We actually we drew them again in, in the League Cup section the following season, um, so we knew that they had good players there. 
and they've added some real quality to their squad as well as you as you're probably aware. Yeah, um, I've made them, you know, a lot lot better than what they are. So you know, with the players they had and the players they signed, I'm not actually surprised where they are. And they've obviously got a budget. I know. I mean, Youngie was trying to dismiss the amount of money, but the, they've obviously got a, bu- a, a budget because people at Fraser Fivey and Fraser Air don't come cheap. No, they, they'll know. Um, but if they've got a budget, they've to spend it. You know, and as, as Paul, if Paul's got a budget. You know, he'll spend it every pound and penny that he's got, or, or he should do. Yeah. Um, and he's bringing in real good players. You know, Premier League players um, that, that are going to make his team better. Um, you know, and there's no. The, the merit they have in winning their games at the top of the league and you know they've been playing well so you know nobody can say any different that um, they don't deserve to be there at this moment in time Gary can I ask you about the pyramid system in general I mean Ali has always said that if the, the Highland League and the Lowland League teams play off then the winner of that should automatically go up I fought against it for a wee while but I actually now see the, the, the validity of that and, and the merit in it um, but let me ask you are, are you happy that the the pyramid system is working the way that it should I mean we've got Cove in, in the league now we've got Edinburgh City and we'll talk about them in a minute because you're up against them uh, yeah. at the weekend but are you happy that the pyramid system is functioning in the way that it should function? Um, I think so. I, I think it's, you know, it's given the league team a, you know, if they've had a poor season, it's given a wee, a wee, a wee incentive at the end of the season to try and, to try and maintain the league status. But mm. I can see where you're coming from with the, the Lowland and the Island leagues coming in. And, you know, but there's, always, you'll know you'll know full well that even in the Lowland league this year, there's a lot of money getting thrown about in yep. budgets. And, yep. um, in the Highland league, there's always money up there. So, you know, the, I think you know if, if you allowed that, you might lose a lot of you know teams who have been in the league for a long, long time. See, I was going to ask you that as well, Gary. How frustrating is it for you? I mean, I don't know what your gates are like, but you're hitting a right good run. You're up the top of the league. Are you getting any extra people through the doors to watch the football? Um, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not so sure. Right, um, okay. I mean, our our game on Saturday passed. That was our first home game for a month, just the way things have been. Yeah. Um, you know. You would hope if the, if you keep the, the the runner form going that we're in, yeah. that yeah, you would you would get more bombs on seats because if doing that is generating more income, it, it then exactly. gives the yeah. um, Donald and the board more money to spend on budgets and, and improve the team again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's what we're trying to do: get more bombs on seats, and we're obviously trying to progress the club and make them better. You know, yeah. we've done that up to now, but. We're still looking to, to continue that progress. Absolutely. Edinburgh City at home at the weekend, Gary. Your thoughts on this one? A real difficult. Um, Edinburgh had a great season last year. They've started this season superbly. Uh, you, you know, I think the, both teams have got a lot of players who were in the team last year. Over the piece last year, Edinburgh got the upper hand on us. Um, but we, the final game of last season, we, we, we beat them at home. Um, but, you know, it's always a difficult game. Edinburgh will know it's going to be a difficult game. We're in the same, and you might just need a bit of luck on the day. Point in it, it's obviously a big fixture for you both. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. Um, you know, we win. You know, that, that's all we're looking to do is for us to go and win the game. Um, we're not looking at, at defeat. We're not looking at a draw. We'll go out to try and win the game. And, you know, and I know that we've got players in our dressing room capable of going and winning the game. Of course, it helps as well going into any game coming off a five-game bounce because uh, your confidence at the minute must be sky high. But again, there's drawing the line between confidence and cockiness. 
Uh, well, anybody that knows me and is working with me, and you know, I don't mean, I don't mean you. I don't mean you. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, there'll be no, there'll be no cockiness allowed in the dressing room. Um, you know, their feet will remain firmly on the floor. Um, as I said earlier on, they've not achieved nothing yet. Um, yeah. The early yeah. doors, they're sitting in a good position, um, but there'll be absolutely no way that um, that our, our, our feet will come off the floor. Listen, good luck for it anyway, and good luck for the rest of the season. And thanks as always for giving up your time to come on and talk to us. Thanks again, Gary. Gary. Cheers. Uh, Gary Boland there talking to us. That's uh, a a difficult one at the weekend, only a point separating them. Cowden Beef at home to Edinburgh City, uh, second and third on the table. And uh, uh, it's good to see Gary doing well. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it's good to see like? Cowden Beef no, doing do you know well, to be honest with you. Because know, well, Alex in the other rooms, that how you're saying that, couldn't you? <laughs> no, I don't care about that. Because <laughs> I'll, tell what, I'll tell you what's good about it, Bill. The fact that he says when, when he was asked, have you changed anything? No, he stuck to his guns. He's went about his business the same way. If You know, that's what he believes in. And they're getting, you know, guys are believing in that as well. And they're mm-hmm. getting the points now. I think that's great. And I think as a coach, that's what you've got to do. You can't start trying different things and panic. Especially don't let the seers, the players see you panicking. But I think it's great what he's done. I think you know, I think they're a decent, decent. It's a decent wee part. They don't get slaughtered. And it was a good wee surface. The grass is good on it. And then uh, the blue Brazil, the blue Brazil. But I was going to, I was going to say, look, for me, I tell you why I think it's great. Cowden and Beef are doing well again because they're a great club with good heritage. Yeah. And you know, they're one of those clubs that have always caught the eye. You know, even even with people further afield than than Scotland, because they look at Cowden Beef and they think Cowden Beef, where is that? Well, Cowden Beef, yeah. does it mean something? Yeah. Uh, and, and it is great to see them doing so well again, and, and it's good to get a lot the points. Of good players come through. Good to get the points. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And look at the amount of good managers they've had. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. people that have, have managed Cowdenbeath Football Club. Yeah. So who's to say if he does well there, you never know. But Gary does well with other clubs. Yeah. Always good well. to get the points in the bag the early on, Absolutely. especially Absolutely. in that league now because of what we were talking about with the pyramid. You know, we've seen one manager already. Uh, lose his job because of the fear of getting close to the bottom, even this early on. I'm, I'm looking down at that table and I'm looking at Sterling Albion. I can't believe they're doing yeah, it. It's, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah. It is a strange and one. Sometimes you just need that win to get a bounce and then you, you see what happens. But there is a wee gap forming in that league, yeah. you know, a yeah. nine-pointer. Um, it's funny talking about Gary because we got a wee, wee, me and my mates had a wee trivia during the week there. And it's uh, obviously we can't put it out there because the answer's in the question. But who was the first Scots football player to play for four different clubs in Europe. Well, I can't tell you, can I? Because the answer's if I tell the answer. <laughs> but obviously, people will get it. But there you go. That's the question. And I go. What, what, what was the quiz for? Who was just the boys saying doing a big quiz? Oh, all right, okay. Also. You were just uh, who was amusing the first yourself. Player? Who was the first Scottish player to play in Europe for four different Scottish clubs? Right. Okay. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. Who was it? Paul Sturrock. <laughs> I had to think of something quicker than you were going to. Shuggy Burns. One of the boys will come on with that now. Obviously, if they've been laughing. Very good, very good. Don't forget, coming up a wee bit later on the programme, we're going European, uh, looking ahead to uh, the Europa League tomorrow. The early kickoff at Rangers in Switzerland. They're in Bern to play young boys. We'll find out more about them uh, from Alec Robinson, who will be our guest. It was going to be Tim Armitage, but we've got Alec Robinson. 
Robinson, uh, who will talk to us. He is a, a, an expert on Swiss football. Ahead of that, let's travel eastwards again into uh, the kingdom of Fife. We've just come from Cowdenbeath. Let's go to Kirkcaldy now and speak to uh, Stephen Anderson, a defender for Wraith Rovers, uh, who are up against Cammy Bell's team. We spoke to Cammy earlier. Uh, Falkirk top and third will make the clash uh, at the weekend. Uh, Stephen, it promises to be a, a cracking fixture. And first of all, thank you for coming on with us tonight. Hey, no problem. Uh, hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, good. You doing, big man. All right. You're good. Uh, I big clash on Saturday. And uh, I'd say, well, obviously, oh, this will be a psychological clash, to be honest. Whoever wins, hopefully, can maybe go on a, a good run and hopefully stay at the top. Well, hopefully, we can stay at the top of the league. See, that's what we were, we were speaking about earlier on, you know, that Stephen, the fact that it is yeah. early doors, but then we were saying, well, it's no early doors because it's no long to Christmas. So it is psychological, plus it's really good to try and open up, you know, the, the best gap you can. Because, it's, you know, as we've been saying as well, Wraith and Falkirk, for me, shouldn't really be in League One. They should be up in the Championship challenging. Yeah, well, especially Falkirk as well. With they, yeah. they are obviously all, full, all of them are full time, all the players, yeah. and they're investment this year as well. So a lot of pressure is on them mm-hmm. to go and win the league. Yeah. But as ourselves, we are quietly confident we can go and do something this year. I think we've got the the balance right in terms of youth and also uh, experience. Like you've got Dave McGurn, Ian Davidson, Kyle Benedict, this as well as experienced players. But then you've got. Regan Henry and also Brad Spencer, all these type of players mm-hmm. that have got youthfulness of legs in midfield. Is that the difference, Stephen? Legs in midfield now? They use the just governing everything at the back and keeping the clean sheets? Yes, well, I think having that in midfield, especially a lot of teams are playing a part time. Yeah. Obviously, and being through this, having your players mainly full time, as I say, there's five part time players, but mainly full time, I think that gives you that, that, that edge. Especially, as you see, you've seen it at the weekend, they scored late on, mm-hmm. scored two like, late goal in the second half. But as down to legs, I think, to be honest, we're, we're on top, and especially in the second half, and looking to go and win the game. Yeah. Stephen, I've got to be honest with you, I, I like the way that John, uh, you know, he plays football. He likes to keep it down, he likes to move it about. Mm-hmm. What, what's been the, the main difference, do you think, this season? Has it been this mix that you've got? Do you think it's a better mix of that experience and youth? Or have you changed anything specifically in terms of formation? Or what, what has been the difference, do you think? Well, as you know, I'm just in the door. I've only been there for the last three, four weeks. Uh, it's hard for me to say. But um, what I've seen over that period of time is I think the balance is right. Uh, and plus, they've got players that are, want to win, want to go and want to achieve something as well. And even the part-time players that come in work hard and they're all fit. Uh, no, I think there's a great balance there. It's amazing because we talk about we talk about players now and we talk about fitness regimes and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you go in the league. You know, players now are are, are absolutely more aware of their fitness and how to look after themselves, uh, yeah. and it plays it pays big dividends because all the leagues are competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as you said, nowadays you've got sports science plays a big major part. Now you've got we've got our sports science in as well. As you say, the part-time boys come in Tuesday, Thursday. They train Tuesdays, one of their hardest days. Do a lot of running to keep them on like full fitness as well. And as I say, sports science nowadays, most clubs have them. It's just how how effective you can use them. I think, and especially being most of the boys being full time, you can you can keep keep on top of things as you, as 
most full time teams do. Just talking about you coming in over the last few weeks or so, let, yep. let me ask you why you decided to pick Wraith. Uh, did you have offers from elsewhere? And if so, why was Wraith your, your designated place to go? Well, it was, it was quite an awkward scenario. Uh, as I say, with Tommy Wright, they realised that I, I wasn't going to feature much this year and uh, I had to go and play. I, I'm at an age now where... I'm coming to the last stage, coming to the end of the yeah. career. I've got to play week in, week out to keep keep myself right as well. And uh, Wraith Rovers, played. after the transfer window closed, as I say, League 1, League 2 are the only teams you can go to on loan. So, as I say, John McGlynn came in, wanted to take me on loan, and as I say, it's 15 minutes from my house, so location, it's perfect. Uh, and I, as I say, I've got more time with the family as well. So that, that helps as well. Does it make a difference as well? Do, do, do you train on the park every day? Yeah. I, at at Rayfovers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, training the pitch every day. Well, for me, we were all at St Johnston. You were training on grass most most yeah. of the days. Uh, so, as I say, it was a change for me. Uh, yeah. But no, no, the pitch is perfect. Uh, I think I actually think it's probably the best one I've played on. Right. Because uh, <laughs> it's. You got a lot of ones where you play the, play the Airdrie there and Forfar, they're a bit flat. I don't know if that's because it's been used that much mm-hmm. over the years, but the one Rafe is relatively new and there seems to be a zipping at the, the water as well, uh, quite regular. So when you're playing on it as well, it's, it, it's, there's a great zip in it. Yeah. I think people are surprised when you talk about AstroTurf and you talk about synthetic surfaces, just how much effort and work has to go into them to actually make them play right. Uh, and it's interesting, when when people hear people say about, and players and grounds people say about, oh, it has to be regularly watered and it has to be watered, you know, well ahead of the game and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they kind of yep. look at you as if to think, it's plastic. You know, but it does. It takes yeah, a lot. Think, it takes a lot yeah. of care for these pitches to play properly. No, I, th- I think it does. I think obviously getting it brushed as well. They brush it as well, quite regular. Uh, it needs to be watched, especially before games and even at halftime, especially when it's been a warm day. Uh, Wanting it, have that zip on the pitch because, as I say, we played it earlier there. It was a, it was a warm day that it wasn't watered. It was sticky. Even like the the flare players that like to dribble with the ball, it's mm. tough for them to get out of their feet. They get caught, caught under their feet. The ball doesn't bounce as well when it's dry. Or it's dry as well. It's, it's it's very awkward when it's dry. See, I, I was I was just thinking as well, Stephen. It's nothing really to do with the astrograss. Obviously, that helps when you're training at your own park. But yeah. having played for teams, and you've probably been through it as well throughout your career, where. Sometimes, Bill, you had a bad spell, mm-hmm. and you used to. We used to change yeah. at the, the stadium and then go to our training. We we went to another place at the road and did a change at the stadium just to get us away for the park. Mm. I just wonder how that would work, yep. Stephen, because you're doing so well at the minute. It's okay getting in there and training there, but sometimes a wee freshness, a wee change. You know, did, have you ever well, experienced that in your career? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a career I have. I think we're under Derek McInnes, uh went through a few bad spells actually. And relatively, had a team meeting. It actually ended up in a night out. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know why. It just ended up in a night out. And uh, I think it was more just to get the boys together, get them on side, and ended up. We ended up going on a run, to be honest. And I don't know if that that yeah, helped. But even yeah. like even at Partick Thistle as well, uh, Gary Caldwell took us to the end of the got to Tenerife. And. To be fair, we kicked on a wee bit as well to the end yeah. of the season, stayed up. Just a fresh. So I don't know. I don't know these wee things. 
as a freshness getting away from the actual the stadium and training regimes and maybe just have like a team bonding session. Yeah. Well, you know, we used to do that quite regular. We, obviously, you don't want to mm. be in that position where you're kind of losing games, but you're up there flying yeah. at the minute. Um, and it's mm-hmm. been a great start for you, obviously, as well. But as you say, Falkirk are a big club. Um, what I mean, obviously, you want to, you're desperate to win the game because that that creates a wee bit yeah. of, you know, puts a bit of pressure on him and creates a wee gap, Stephen. Yeah, well, as I say, especially every game they play, this season, and especially in the league, you should looking to be going winning every single game. Uh, nothing's going to change Saturday; they'll be the same. We'll be looking to win the game, and as I say, it's just every game as it comes. We'll only be looking at all the results. It'll just be us, and that's it. And I feel we'll try and get that gap to Falkirk, put a bit of pressure on them because, as I say, not even them, but East Fife as well. Yeah, the other teams there uh, it's in the mix, uh, and put pressure on them, make sure they have to get results as well. But we just need to look after ourselves. Getting that, I think any any team that's consistent in this league will go and win the league, and I think that's what we need to be consistent every week and just make sure we're going that run. And how how well, obviously it's been very beneficial. We use playing at the back there, the older the older kind of heads, if you like. Yeah. I mean, are you enjoying that? Are you enjoying it? And what's the combined uh, age you used to? Uh, <laughs> uh, I know it's 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 it's, uh, oh, it's good. It's good. Obviously, uh, you've got Kyle. You've got Ian there and me as well, and experience at the back, which you can talk to players in front of you and all these type of things. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's just and we're more experienced. We know what to do. We know what at this level, especially how to do it, and that's the main thing. Yeah, certainly, Walton. I think the other thing is as well that if you've got the the, the back is where you need the experience. That's yeah. where it counts for me. And if you've yeah. got if you've got players like the, you've just quoted yourself, Ian and, and Kyle, you know, for me that's that's a great back three, and that's where you need the solid experience. You need the guys that can see the game ahead of them and read it, uh, and that's what you get yeah, with no, that experience. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I say, we've been there and done it. Uh, at different levels, and I should say, at the moment we've not really, we've not really been opened up. It'll be, as I say, it'll be a different game against Falkirk. Obviously, they'll be looking to win the game as well. And as I say, they'll test us. It'll be a bigger test, and hopefully, we can go and get that result at the weekend. What I would like to ask Stephen, the fact is, if you play a high line and the ball gets put right over into the channel, who's but Wannies is it that chases it? <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely not me. Then whatever. It might be. An, it might be an experienced uh, back line, but it's no. It's not a question. <laughs> oh, don't give it in away. You can't give it in away. <laughs> we'll see no, one no. of the tra- trainers got one of the wee, wee coaches. Uh, the the physio's got one of the wee motorbikes at the side, <laughs> and he just chucks it on for them. <laughs> I remember yeah, years ago. I remember yeah, years. Kyle's quite quick. I remember, Kyle's quite quick. Yeah. So he can do the running. He's I the rem- youngest. I, rem- I remember years ago, Stephen playing against Trinar. I can't remember if it was at Wraith Rovers or not doing there. No, it was at Clyde. And uh, right. big Keith Knox that played at the back and the ball went out of the top. Me and him were chasing it. And the guy, in the, the guy in the crowd said that was some race. <laughs> <laughs> we're on quicksand. Won the, won the race? Oh, I, I won it because I dived in. You know, I dived in Durham. But I mean, we're, we're on quicksand. You know? Absolutely. But fantastic. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, uh, listen, the, 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 the one 
good thing about you know the, the the season so far is that the confidence is up. You've played well. You're at the top of the league. And to be fair, the team that everybody had a lot of hopes for, and I don't mean that against Wraith Rovers, because they were chucking so much money and getting so many big names in at Falkirk, uh, they're now playing catch-up. And that gives you a wee bit of a psychological advantage over them, surely. As we keep saying, it's, it's early days, but as I say, we... <laughs> It is a big game. It's a massive game. It'll not define the full season, but psychologically, I think it's a big game. And as I say, we want to keep getting as many points on the board as possible. And uh, if we keep doing that, I hope, hopefully we can be at that top league at the end of the season. Stephen, can I just take you back to St Johnson, if I may, just for a wee yeah. while, and, and just ask about your no thoughts about where they are now? Yep. Yeah. Uh, as I say, it's, there's quite a, it's a younger squad now. Uh, it's been a hard start. It's been a tough start, but they've got enough quality there, especially in the attacking attacking areas. The you've got Michael Halloran, Matt Kennedy, Stephen May, Danny Swanson, all these players that can win you games basically. Just and they've got a young backline, but that will that will get better. They'll they'll like Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon, even the boy Ralston. They're, they're all young players, and even mm-hmm. Scott Tanzer. They will become they'll become a solid unit, and probably they will have them solid in the next couple of games you'll see them doing really well I think they'll kick on once they get that first result I think they'll kick on and have a good season Is Tommy is Tommy taking St Johnson as far as he can do you think is it time for a move uh, it's, a, it's a good question I'm not sure uh, as I say he's got a very good relationship with the chairman I think he thinks he can take them further but as I say winning the Scottish Cup that's just a one off I, I think but in terms of the league, he's been in the top four. First St. Johnston, at the end of the day, staying up is a big big achievement. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I know it sounds stupid, but no. it is in terms of budgets and all these type of things, and especially with other teams that uh, spending a lot of money in the recent seasons. But as a St. Johnston, they budget just to, they probably budget to stay up, maybe in ninth or eighth. And if they get in the top six, that's a, a massive achievement for St. Johnston. That, yeah. How do you, Stephen? I mean, how does he go about it then? Because it's, you know, you're talking about the defence getting stronger, you know. But when you look at it, ultimately, you need to score goals to win games. But with, with Big yep. Tommy, with Big Tommy try and build his the structure of his team for being, you know, miserable at the back. I don't know. I think they try to play a different brand of football as well at the moment. Right. To be fair, years ago when I was here, we we were probably known as a hard-working team that were direct. Yeah. We probably were, and uh, which we were a horrible team to play against. But now it's a different brand. Now they're getting the ball at the back, passing through midfield, and yeah. striker or, or wide players. And maybe it's just taking time to adapt. I think that's what it is. And as I say, it's a younger squad, so it'll, it'll definitely get the time anyway. But it's just how quickly they can like affect that on the pitch yeah. and change the results. You were at Thistle last season on uh, uh, yeah. on loan. Uh, were you thinking possibly that you might get something out of that on a more permanent basis, or maybe even go back to Thistle this season on loan? Uh, I suppose now, when you look at it, it's a club in a wee bit of turmoil. You might have dodged a bullet. Uh, well, as I say, you probably heard a lot of people have different experiences with Gary Colville, but my experience was I, I really liked them. Mm-hmm. I got all my mail took me on loan. Uh, I like to think I did okay for him, uh, but no, no, he had different, he had different uh, methods. Some people didn't agree, but as I say, it gave me a 
different insight to football because I'm used to the your, your Tommy Wright shouting quite old school <laughs> but Garrico was more reserved had different methods and I seen it as an eye opener and I actually quite liked it differently and and but they've got Ian, Ian McCall in now and hopefully he can turn things around as it never worked for him, uh, for Gary Caldwell. I mean, a personal, I, yeah, I thought maybe I'd have not, I would have an opportunity to go back, but it didn't work out, and I don't know, I just, I was still at St. Johnson come the transfer window, the deadline day. Just, just looking at, at Thistle and uh, 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 and your opponents on, on Saturday, Falkirk, there's a, a lot of kind of yeah. similarities as to what the clubs have gone through. Um, the one mm-hmm. thing about Wraith is that they're fairly consistent and in, in as much as they're a very stable club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if finances are Wraith overs, but yeah, they are. They, they don't have a massive turnover in managers. I know that uh, players as well. They, they, they do. They have quite a bit of turnover of players, but they recruit. They've recruited a lot of players from younger players. I don't know if that. I don't know, I'm the older one they've recruited me, but they've got, they've recruited quite a young, it's a younger squad. Yeah. I don't know if that's the the route they want to go on in terms of, for the future. But no, they're, they seem to be stable. Uh, John McGlynn's, I think, has done well with the squad at the moment. And he'll be looking maybe in the window, if they're still top, they'll maybe looking at improving January and try and go and kick on and win the league. Top, well, top, I, actually, I actually spoke to John McGlynn and John McGlynn said yeah. to me that he's got younger players because they're faster and they've got these three old guys at the back that need help. <laughs> <laughs> and then he make a difference. <laughs> well, talk, talking about younger players, obviously you probably know the news about Lewis Vaughan. Yeah. The situation, I mean, was, bit, was it just a twist or something and then it's obviously... Yeah, it's just a twist on and he just uh, distraught from a... Uh, with the news coming out after obviously what happened and yeah. that was the worst case scenario like but as I say, I think Louis Bonnie's uh, mentally strong. He's had two two major injuries already. I think you know if he'll know what to do to come back. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get his head down, work away as he as he does anyway. Uh, and he will come back stronger. I mean he scored some amount of goals last but season. But he'll need he'll yeah. definitely need the help. He'll need the mental help. He'll, he'll get help from everyone at Race Overs, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm not being funny, it's not old, but, you know, you're 33 now. Are you thinking of past playing? Uh, you know, have you taken any badges? Are you looking to stay in the game? Would you like to go into uh, coaching and management? That's a good question, actually. Uh, have you got I've, a good I've answer? Done I've done my beer. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Uh, I've done my B-licence. Uh, I've done some Open University work. Uh, and I'm doing actually a, a course with the PSA, uh, Applied Football Management Diploma. So I would like to stay in football, uh, but I don't know what capacity. As I say, it's not that easy now in football with, for jobs. There's a lot of people going for the same jobs. It's tough to get in there. But hopefully, I like to think I've maybe got another two, two years left anyway. I don't, Stephen. I don't agree. I think, I think you know, like so when you're getting, you, know, you want to get involved in football. I think there's more clubs now. But the Lowland League, there's, there's managers that look at the caliber of manager that are managing in that. You've got decent sight. Yeah, I'll tell, no, I'll I'll tell, tell you, do you know what I mean, Stephen? I'll tell you another thing as well. Yeah, and no, I totally agree. I honestly believe this, guys. I don't think in football at any level 
juniors, right up through the Lowland League and right up through the leagues. See if you're a manager. I don't believe there is such a thing as being a part-time manager. No, absolutely. You might have a job. You might have a job, but it's a -a 24-hour-a-day job because your phone's going all the time, you're watching games, you're seeing things, you're doing this. So it's a full-on experience at any level in football now to be a manager or a coach. Can can I tell you something, Stephen? One of my mates, my mate's the manager of of Canberra's Lang Rangers are now and talking about a junior team, Alan Alan Patterson, and his phone, he's on his phone every single minute of every day. He's actually turned around to me a couple of times and said, you know what, seeing us, I mean, group chat, does he stop? Guy's cancelling this, guys can't make it, a guy's going to a wedding, there's a stag weekend, (laughs) and it's things like that where you become a social worker as well. The further down the ladder you go, as you say, lonely, but their jobs come priority, their main job. That's right, that's right, you're right. And then obviously family commitments as well, like all these things as well. Yeah. So obviously it'll it'll be a lot harder. As you say, that's why it becomes a more full-time job. You've got phone calls from players, I can't make it this week, these type of things. And they come priority over the... The part-time football. Yeah, absolutely. But you, you know, know I mean? when, when you you work your way up a ladder, you get a decent assistant, and that's his job. He came away for you. Aye, well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that though. It's on the manager's head. If, uh, it's on the manager's if head. you don't go into coaching or or as a manager coaching, uh, what else would you look at in football if you wanted to stay in the game? I mean, you're talking about this applied uh, football probably, management. Well, course, what does that cover? Yeah. This this is more the business side of football. All right. Hmm. It's actually it's it's more business studies, and basically, but it's an applied into football. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Basically, uh-huh. uh, no, no, it's really enjoyable. You un- you get to understand upstairs basically in a football club to understand like how we work with chairman, shareholders, all these type of things financially. How do you, how can you get sponsorship in? All these type of things. Yeah. How do you deal with budgets? Basically, no, it's, it's quite it's quite interesting actually. Well, you'll not be doing much running for that. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see your Tuesday nights? <laughs> I might be pulling a couple of hamstrings on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, good luck for the weekend against Falkirk. Good luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll talk to you again Thanks at some point, much. Stephen. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for giving up your time right, tonight. Good luck, Stephen. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. There you go. Stephen Anderson, uh, Wraith Defender, talking to us tonight ahead of the big match uh, at the weekend. Um, it's quite, uh, you know, I'm quite impressed by all of that. I like the thought that, uh, you know, there's a player who's done his co- he's done his B licence for coaching, but he's also looking at something else, but within the game. And I think more players should kind of widen the scope a wee bit. I know it sounds a bit pious, but it, they should widen the scope a wee bit. If they want to stay in the game, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a tracksuit capacity. No, absolutely not. Obviously, the PFA is working through them, and they've kind of helped them to get that. Really, I'm really impressed by that. Course, That's great. Obviously, he's not one of these daft football players. He's a clever football player, Stephen. You know? Clever clever football players are called... He did the ball quite a lot, you know. Clever football players are called doctors. Is that right? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> See the face on it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, the boys are getting lighter, so Cammy said, you know what I mean? He wasn't the heat the heavy aye, boys away so. back, you know. Oh, don't start on that because it, it actually I feel pain every time I think about them because you remember back in those days when the the lace was there. Well, the, that's a famous Bobby Charles. I but remember, remember when the lace was there, mm-hmm. the ball actually wasn't round. 
No. Because I don't remember that, but I remember you telling me. What do you mean you don't remember that? You and must it, have played with a ball that had, had a lace a in it, surely. Probably, I, mean, I was a wee boy, but no, no, when I started kind of getting a wee bit further up the ladder. But the Bobby Charlton story is with Tommy Wright and um, who's the other winger, Sir, Sir Stanley Matthews, mm-hmm. and he's Bobby Charlton's first game. With Matt Lofthouse against Poland, he scores five, two headers for Wright and three headers for Matthews. <laughs> And he says, why did you never go and congratulate Tommy Wright for the cross event? <laughs> Stanley Matthews makes sure the note's at the other end of the ball when he does it under the net. <laughs> and he, were, prob- they, he probably did. They were horrible. And I used to, and they're back again, not the, the balls with the laces, but I used to hate my mould masters as well. well. You scudded the inside I, of the thigh. I, and the noise it used to make. <sighs> but they're back. They've, the mould master's back. What is it? Yes, it is. I read for about what, it the other what, week. I, I don't know. Just you can play at various levels with mould masters, five asides, and things like that. See, but they were painful balls. They really back, were. Turn back the clock, ball, and just do things the way we used to do it. We maybe qualify for a tournament. Do you know uh, what I mean? Who knows? Who maybe knows? I don't think the PC world would let us do that. I was talking the other night to somebody. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what it, it was about as well. But I was talking the other night to somebody. And they were talking about when it got wet and it was raining. And I never bothered. Shorts or top, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I used to hate when your boots and your socks, because in the days your socks were quite heavy socks, mm-hmm. and your socks got wet and it was just horrible. It was like having a sponge in your boot. Yeah. It was, oh, I hated that. Well. It could rain and rain and rain and rain. And I was fine about, you know, but see your, when your feet get wet with the socks, because in those days they were big wool socks and things like I that. I totally agree with you. And see when you watch modern day football now, the, the, as what's happening today, when you see the players with the boots, that, that they're, they're waterproof boots. They're well, I looked, I looked at some boots at the weekend for Aye. the first time in ages, and even since the last time I looked at them, I couldn't, there's no protection there. No, somebody stands in your foot. And, you know, there's yeah, no yeah. protection there yeah. at all, but they're plastic. Uh, some of them are. Aye. Yeah. moulded boots into the studs yeah. into the boot. But when you look at the parks, you look at the balls, you look, and no wonder the games get quicker, Bill. The, the technology, you must admit. Oh, it's changed it's, it's completely. Un- unbelievable. I changed mean, really, completely. It really is, yeah. I mean, you even think about tops now. They have cool zones, they have yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, fluid retention areas yeah. and tops and things like that. Well, they're that tight now that you can't even, even get again because you can't pull the jersey when you're trying to get yeah. the ball off of somebody. That's the reason for that. Do you remember the France World Cup thing with the. They had the kind of things in it for the shape of their body. Yeah, it was uh, neoprene. Oh. It was the same as they make wetsuits out of. Yeah. It was neoprene. Well, it certainly helped them. They won the World Cup Well, you know. But you're right. You look at the technology yeah. now yeah. in all ways. Mm-hmm. Boots, kit. I mean, nobody asks for tie-ups anymore. No. Because the socks stay up anyway. I had. I was given a set of shin guards by somebody that we were going to interview, and we never done it in the end. But it was, no, we did do it. I tell them. No, is that the one the soak? Aye, I've we got, did I've do got it. Them. I've got you, them from oh, you that. got them Aye. from me. Yeah. We did do it, and remember, and they were these. They're these rubber-sleeved shin yeah. guards that yeah. go around your leg, that that flex on impact and yeah. become hard. Yeah. And I looked at these, and you looked at these. I, I couldn't remember so whether got, it was you, I, I, I but got, you, you yeah, got them. Yeah, I got them. My, has anybody got them? Has he used them? I used them. You used them? I used them. Do they work? Do you know what they're all, absolutely? Do you know what they're good for as well? See, putting the old deep heat in the car first and keeping the heat in there. Aye, you know? aye. Brilliant, because it's a, a, a sock thing. It's a sleeve. Aye, it's a sleeve. 
And it, the, the, oh, I didn't know you. I didn't know you used yeah. them, and they actually them. work. Yeah, they work well. They've not been toe bashed on the shin here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nobody can catch me anywhere that quick, you know. But I mean. <laughs> Uh, no, but they, what, they, your they dodgy work. hip, your bad neck, <laughs> your back? Falling apart, man. There's not much left of you that's working. Even a fat apart. guy like me is kind of, you know, at least I don't have the aches and pains. Just honestly, Shiva. Just calluses Shiva, on my <laughs> bum from never getting off it. Shiva, I went back to my childhood getting chased with a post now, but I just get up, you know what I mean? I wouldn't get away from it. It's a fair <laughs> talk. <laughs> oh, I'm glad, you've, I'm glad you've used them and you can tell us Absolutely. that they work. Absolutely. Oh, they're, they're great. Are they very mobile though? Because I, I, I know when you you, you don't you don't feel as if you've got. Remember the old shin gears. Yes. Look at the shin gears through the, the decades. Listen, I mean, like cricket see, pads. See I, well, that's right. See when uh, I started playing, they had wooden splints in the shin pads, right. and they were as thick as an ender off a plain loaf. Right. <laughs> Right. You always got to bring grub in. In fact, in fact, to be honest with you, a lot of the times I you used Enders on a plane loaf. <laughs> so that halfway through the game, if I felt hungry, I just a wee snack. <laughs> well, I remember the ones. Remember but then them? they brought the ones with the ankle protector. The, the, yes. And, the, and, you t- and the time you put all that on, you were puffed. And it. have you seen as well, and I mean, I, it fascinates me, have you seen players where they've not got a full sock? They've got that, this, that annoys me. I, I don't understand that. Where the sock comes down to the ankle and then they're wearing something else that joins the sock. And you see them when they're getting treatment, they roll up the top bit of the sock, but the, the bottom bit of the sock's still there. Can you imagine kit men that we played with, the kit men that I knew, cutting the bottom of a sock off so you could wear your but own do sock? But they cut, do they they cut, cut the them. bottom of the sock? Do cut they them. cut them yes. or do you get the socks well, I know, like that? I know what you're going to ask because when we first played, we, we, we played Sparta Rotterdam, I was just St Mirren, boys tournament, under 16s, over in Holland. And we played in a tournament. And what they had, Bill, was a sock. But see at the bottom of the sock, see the wee, no Velcro, the wee elastic bit yeah, on the bottom, yeah, yeah. they went under your heel. Uh-huh. And I went, yeah, that's a cracking idea because you can... But what the players do now is cut the bottom of the socks. Why? So they can wear their own socks, these other ones with the things on. I don't know. I don't know. You need to, you need to ask a young football player. In fact, the next person we got on will ask that one, does he cut his socks? Because I, I know I'd get See, a I put up the back I, I didn't the... know. I didn't know if they were cut, yep, cut. as opposed to... As opposed to, you got the socks that way from the kit manufacturers. No, but, but that was... That, that, I mean, I'm going to way back to the... The 80s, early, early 80s, when, when I first seen this, and I thought, that's a great idea. But then I thought, I, d- I don't know why they don't just do that again, because it would save getting the, somebody cutting their socks, and they cut them. And by the way, they all do it. And what I hate is, is when you watch Liverpool, when you watch Robertson, you watch, he's got his socks on and he turns them down the white, and then somebody else will not have the white mm. at the top of their socks mm. It looks terrible. I, I've got to be, I, but I, I spoke to a guy. I spoke to a guy who worked for a famous boot manufacturer, and he said that one of the things that used to irritate him more than anything was when he went to clubs to see people that they sponsorship deals with, and they'd send them five or six pairs of boots or whatever many pair of boots that they sent them. Mm-hmm. He said, and a lot of them it had their name on the boot and things like that. You know, he said, but I was there one day and a, a fairly famous player. Right, mm-hmm. got his boot delivery, and he said we were paying six figures for this player to wear these boots, yeah. and the boots came, and he took each pair out and he put it on, and got a, a, a one of these um, 
pens that, that wrote in silver or gold. I don't know what they're called, like rollerball pens or something. But he marked it in silver or gold. And then he got a Stanley knife and cut down round the heel to cut the heel down. Well, do you know what... He says, I, I sat there. It he wasn't said, a Puma he said, manufacturer, was it? I can't tell you who it was. Right, OK. But he said, I could have cried. They, have, they were very high at the heel, Pumas. And I always remember um, a couple of players that I knew that Achilles injuries. Remember, I used to love the Pumas with the big tongues on them. Ah, crackers. They were great. But Achilles injuries, and then they wore their Pumas, obviously they wanted to wear the same, the Puma Kings at the time. And I don't know, a couple of, I played with a couple of players that cut that white bit mm. of the, the heel bit off because it was irritating. But um, no, that must have been frustrating. But don't forget as well, all these players now get... The, the, the boots are actually moulded onto their feet. Yeah, they are. They're all made to so measure. So that's probably right? why they, they wear their own socks and don't wear the club socks. Yeah, they're all made to measure. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll look ahead till tomorrow. It's the uh, early kickoff. It's Rangers uh, travelling to Switzerland against Young Boys. And we'll find out a bit more about Young Boys coming next on uh, Rock Sport. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. Motorpoint, we've put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from junction three of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. If you were persuaded by Lloyd's or the Halifax or any other bank to move your savings into a Stocks and Shares ISA or Unit Trust, which then ended up losing money, it's time to contact Goodwin Barrett. Text GOOD to 6677. Goodwin Barrett have already helped thousands of customers recover millions of pounds. Text GOOD to 6677 now. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint, and if unsuccessful, you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Ali Graham on Rock Sport Radio. OK, European football takes the focus tomorrow. Rangers and action on the early kickoff. That's against uh, young boys in Switzerland. Uh, Celtic, of course, taking on Cluj at Celtic Park. Uh, before we talk about young boys, what's your thoughts about Cluj? I mean, they've, they've beaten Lazio, which isn't 
something that you would get excited about in, in recent times because Lazio have lost six of the last seven yeah, in Europe. Not a, not a team used to um, but having said that, uh, they'll go into it having beaten Celtic in the qualifiers for the Champions League. So they'll believe, I would think, that they can come to Celtic Park and win. Yeah, there were no mugs, were they? A decent side. The young boy scored a couple of goals. Um, but Celtic are coming out today and saying that they're going to be better than the last time they faced each other. So I don't, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it'll be a kicking match. I don't think it's two teams that do that. I don't think Clues would be light. I think they're quite a, an attack-minded side, didn't they? But you're right. They went out there the last time and managed to get the win. So I think they'll be looking for the exact same result. But that could play into Celtic's hands. Mm. You know. What do you think? Tomorrow night, Celtic. Mm -hmm. um, I think Celtic will win. I'm going to go for um, two, two one. Okay, uh, let's move on to Rangers. They're playing young boys, and we'll speak to Alec Robinson, uh, who's replacing our original build guest, Tim Armitage. But Alex, I'm sure, can tell us as much about young boys as anyone can. Uh, I always feel a bit strange saying young boys as a football team because it's it's a strange name. How do they actually get that name? And I, I'm sure it's going to be a very obvious tale that you tell us, Alec, but... Uh, it, it is one of those bizarre names. Yes, it is a strange name. Um, you get uh, used to the jokes <laughs> coming your way when you follow Swiss football for uh, a lot of years. Um, it's just uh, it's a fairly standard um, name, really. It's just you know it's a, an athletics club, a club, a, a sports club. So it's the young boys that historically went and played, and that's the name that's carried on. I've always been quite fascinated with the name Bill and Alec because I remember getting the football cards years and years and years ago, you know, in the 70s, and it was young boys burn and their yellow strips. Yes. And I, I was fascinated by it, and I've always, you know, and, and, and they've actually became a decent side throughout Europe, Alec, haven't they? They have. Um, and at the moment, uh, especially the last couple of years, they've actually been at their peak, mm -hmm. and they've taken some really big scalps, you know, including Juventus. So... You know they're they're a team to be taken seriously, and they've proven it over a long period of time. What kind of form are they in at the moment? So they're slightly in mid form at the moment. The last couple of years were where they're at their peak. Um, they had a great uh, defence with um, Kevin and Barbu at right back, who was at Newcastle originally. Um, he's moved on to Wolfsburg, and um, they lost their um, old captain, Steve von Bergen, to retirement, and also Benito, the left-back, has been moved on. So they're a team very much in transition at the moment. Um, they won the last two league titles in Switzerland, which has been remarkable considering the dominance of Basel in recent years. Um, and, it's just a, uh, and they're three points off Basel at the moment who are top. So it's... Not going great this year, but they're still on good form overall. When you look at the state, I take it it's the 4G part that they're playing on. Alec, am I right in saying that? Yes, it's, and when, yeah, when did, it's when, an artificial surface. When did they, they, they do that? Because I can remember watching a game there and it was a, a decent grass part they had. Yeah, that was, um, I think, on, off the top of my head, I think it was four to four to five years ago yeah, now. Yeah. So it's been several years because I've been covering the yeah. league just over five years and it got brought in then. And um, a lot of, um, especially opposition managers, bring that up in press conferences before <laughs> they play, you know, to get the excuses in there early. Yeah. Um, I personally think 
I'm not a fan of artificial surfaces, but if you're going to have one, I think this one is a good artificial surface, if you can ever have a good artificial surface. Yeah, so there is decent artificial surfaces out there, and obviously you're right, because if you go to play them and you get beat, there's always an excuse that managers can use. Exactly, yes. Um, but I would be, you know, they're going to also have to be careful of it, because they have quite a few players that have injury concerns, and they can often be a bit cautious about bringing players back, especially yeah. if you've had knee injuries or so. You know that, you know, might not be the ideal game to put them back into. So, hmm. what can Rangers expect? What kind of uh, formation will they play? And uh, are they better at home or are they better away? Where are the strengths? So their strengths are definitely at home. Um, the type of football that Rangers are going to expect, it'll be intense, it'll be a pressing game, and young boys will try to dominate. They take a very positive approach. Um, that's been implemented over the last couple of years, originally by Adi Hutter, the manager who's now at Eintracht Frankfurt. It's been carried on to the current team. So they're going to try and dominate possession and put pressure on Rangers. Um, their formation is a very interesting point. So... Traditionally, they've played a 4-4-2, or more like mm. a 4-2-4, two wingers and two attackers, and they're very aggressive. And personally, I believe that's their best way. However, they have experimented with a back three, and they more of a back five they implemented at Porto. And they've tried a 3-4-3 three, three a couple of times in the Swiss Domestic League. So, And they only really probably have one striker available to, for them tomorrow. So they'll either go 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3, three, three, I expect. Is that due to injury, Alec, uh, the striker situation? Yeah, so Guillaume Harrell, you know, he's uh, the 35-year-old ex-PSG man. Mm. He's a superb player for young boys, but he's, you know, coming towards the end of his career and he's had injury issues this year. So when Sarmé has done very well in his place and has stepped up... For, in plays, you know, hasn't done anything wrong. So, and Roger Asale, who's also an attacker and winger, he's coming back from injury as well. So, yes. Yeah, so, if they had everyone fit, I would say they would play a four-four-two. It might be a four-three-three, or he might go for the back three in Europe. Just while we're talking about the form and, and how they're going to play tomorrow, uh, how are they on their travels? What's their record like going away from home? They're much better um, at home than they are away. I think a really good match, if you go and watch their match, their first game against Porto, they got they were overawed to the start with. They, mm. they built into the game, but they are much more of a force at home. What do you think? Uh, what do you think their thoughts are about Rangers? I mean, what's the general perception and what's the view of of Rangers in Switzerland? What has their coach said about this match? Uh, are they going into? I mean, obviously they're going into it with a degree of confidence. They're playing at home, um, but what? How? What have yeah. they said about the opposition? I think they're very wary of Rangers, and I think a lot the Swiss media. Obviously, the talk is Gerard. That's the headline, and how. I think it is a valid point how Gerard has that European experience. Mm -hmm. So he'll be putting that through across to the Rangers players. And the the young boys team will not be underestimating Rangers. But it's also, especially how tough this group is, this is a must-win game for young boys if they're going to have a chance of qualifying. You know, they lost to Porto. Porto are a very strong side. Feyenoord are extremely strong. 
So I think they they respect Rangers. They know the dangers that they'll face, but this is the one they have to target if they're going to qualify to the knockout stages. Would they so they, would they see it as would win. they see it as failure if they drop a point, or if they take it yeah. only take a point from it? I I don't think I don't think they take a point. I think they're going for the three points here if they're looking to realistically progress. But that's not any disrespect to Rangers. They understand <laughs> the, the form they're in and the result they got at the weekend as well. They're going to be coming in with confidence. So, yeah, that, yeah they'll, be tre- they'll be treating them with respect, but it's the one they have to try and target. That, that's what I was going to ask you, Alec. How does do Swiss football and how does young boys, etc., Basel, I mean, Celtic, I've played Basel a few times in competitions, it's always been tough games. How do they look at Scottish football? Do they think... You know, it's the Rangers and Celtic, or did it? Did they look at it as if it's maybe not as good as the Swiss Super League? I think it's a very interesting point. That I think there's similarities between the Swiss and the Scottish leagues. Actually, they're quite good leagues to compare. Mm. Um, you know, there's Canberra who moved over to the Scottish league from um, Grasshopper, who's done quite well there. Um, I think you, you would probably say Basel have had a bit more you have to had the more success in Europe mm-hmm. over the last few years than say a Scottish team but I think it's quite interesting to so the, the bottom of the Swiss league you know there are a couple of weaker teams in there right so I think there is a, a very you know even though it's an only a 10 team league there's quite a difference in quality from the top to the bottom mm. so I think yeah there's there's definitely similarities between the leagues where there's Actually, you know, before young boys got their resurgence, it was very much a Basel and, you know, anyone, no one else could get near them. A bit similar to a few, you know, the last few years in Scotland. Now Rangers are going to try and dethrone them as young boys did with Basel. So there's definitely similarities there. What about foreign influx of players in in Swiss football? Is Is there many foreigners? And if so, do they tend to come from one particular part of the globe? Um, it's very much um, linked, dependent on clubs. They have, um, you know, links with uh, tra- uh, links with certain clubs or certain countries. So, for example, Sion make um, in the Swiss Super League make a lot of transfers from South America from use, you know, Brazilian youngsters mm-hmm. that are rather off the radar. Um, the young boys have actually made a very good signing in Roger Asale a couple of years ago from the Ivory Coast. And he was fairly unknown and he'd only played in Africa before. There's a, a lot of, uh, you know, there are good foreign players in there, but there is, you know, a focus on developing Swiss youngsters, you know, getting them through and then for them to try and move off onto the Bundesliga. Mm. Yeah, you know it's amazing, Ali. Just going back to what Alec was saying earlier on about the the, the Gerard factor, we've spoken about it here at yeah. home, uh, and it's a very good point. The amount of experience Stephen Gerard has in Europe, you've got to say that when you look at Rangers last season, getting through four qualifiers and getting to the group stages, and again this season doing the same thing all over again. It can't be something that can be lost on coaches that he comes up against. They must look at it and think, hang on a minute, this team have gone through four qualifiers, got to the group stages, 
you know, dispense with Feyenoord. And so it's got to be something. I suppose the most obvious answer to that is the experience the manager has. Absolutely, as well, Alec. And you look, just have to look at, you know, Celtic Rangers in Europe are big draws. I, I, I absolutely think they are. Even though they're Scottish clubs and their national team's not doing that well at the minute. But Rangers and Celtic are big draws. And, and, and I'm just going to ask you as well, how are the fans treating it? Is, is it a sellout tomorrow? Um, so as far as I must, I've checked uh, this evening, I think it's over 26,000 tickets are already sold. Yeah. So I reckon it'll be close to a sellout. So it's around just 31,000 would be a sellout. And that was what their attendance was against Basel a couple of weeks ago. Right. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, it yeah. should be close to a sellout. And so the atmosphere will be very good. Yeah, and obviously the Jared factor is part of that as well. Because people would want to go and see, you know, how he puts his team out, who's playing for Rangers... There's a lot of talk of Rangers players, a couple, Bill, maybe getting decent moves. So it's quite an interesting thing. Is there anyone, has there been any interest in any of the, the young boys' team, you know, maybe looking at a bit of speculation? What the speculation of a transfer? Speculation about maybe getting transfers somewhere? Is there teams looking at some of the young young boys' players? Is there anything like that? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think you'd be... so. Where you'll be looking at those kind of rumours probably in a year's time, yeah. another sort of cycle, because young boys are in that transition period right. where they they transferred a lot of people last season and now they're starting to rebuild. So you have um, good players like um, Abershire, who's um, a central midfielder, who's been really impressive. Um, Sandra Lauper is a very good Swiss youngster and defensive midfielder and can also play at centre-back, but unfortunately he's injured at the moment. Um, also, I think if, um, you know, there's the fullbacks who are quite young, like Jordan Latomba and uh, Yanko, they'll be uh, ones to look out for. And um, if he can get on the pitch, Roger Asale will um, catch the eye. He, um, his work sometimes goes ahead of his brain. <laughs> he, you know, he has to work on his decision-making, but he's a superbly talented winger who, well, he's a, actually a striker, but has played a lot on the right wing recently so there's there's a couple of players to look out for because um the the big uh, factor last year was kevin and babu who you know he played for uh, newcastle mm-hmm. but then came to young boys and he transformed under young boys and went off to wolfsburg and is going to have a very good career let me let me ask you about the goal difference. Uh, do they do they score many goals, or is it the odd one or two that they they kind of take games by? Uh, and what's the situation with regards to the defence? I mean, are, are they fairly solid at the back? Do they leak goals? Can you get to them and, and steal goals from them? Yes. Yeah, so if um, if I wanted to give any advice to Rangers, is that you have to go and put pressure on the young boys' defence. Um, they aren't. They are really struggling for solidity, and that's showing by their switching from back three to back four. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've lost their leader, Steve von Bergen, last year. So they're fragile in defence. Um, throughout the last couple of years, young boys have scored a lot of goals. So at the moment this year, they have a plus nine goal difference, but Basel have plus sixteen. Basel are the ones that are actually scoring the more goals this year. So. I'd predict goals tomorrow night, um, but I think Rangers. Obviously, you do need to be solid away in Europe. But honestly, it's the way to get to young boys is target their defence. So, 
if um, they might if they play a back three, they might play Cedric Zeziger at centre back. He's a 21 year old, but he's struggled a bit stepping up to a higher level. So they could target the defence. What, what? Sorry. What, what kind of? Um... Uh, I've lost my train of thought because you were going to talk. No, it's probably the same the thing as you because we do that quite a lot. You know, I was just going to say, Bill, the fact that the manager obviously you know puts a lot of faith in the young players. If you're talking about young players coming in, plus you have to um, you know look at the, the results as well, Alec, and they've not lost yet. Exactly. Yes. Hmm. So they, a lot of the faith, unfortunately, you know, has been due to injury. I mean, they've got. I was just looking at the list now, actually. They've got, you know, six players out injured and there could be possibly more if a couple of don't pass fitness tests. So a lot of it's done by necessity. Yeah. But this is part of the Swiss League as well. The part of, you know, is to develop Swiss youngsters so they can move on and, you know, have careers, hopefully, in a, a superior league. Do they, do, the they have a, do they have a restriction, Alec, on the amount of foreigners that can play? Yes. So what is that? They do in the league. So what? it's, uh, it's um, off the top of my head, it's, um, I think he needs, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I do apologise. No, it's okay. It's just I was curious to know because obviously Switzerland isn't part of the EU as such. It's part of the, the economic area, but not the, the yeah. EU. Uh, so they wouldn't be bound by players, you know, I don't know, are they bound by the free movement? I don't think they are, are they? No, oh, they, no, they're not. So. Because it, it would be, is it, the, they call it the Schengen, Schengen uh, thing, arrangement or something Schengen like agreement, that? Yeah. 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 yeah so. It's, so uh, they do I've have just, a... I've just, been, I've just been told it's it's four, I think. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, that's that's it. That's correct. Uh, okay. So, so, yeah, so restriction on how many are on the field at a, at a certain time. So, if I pushed you and said, will Rangers come away with anything tomorrow, what would your answer be? <laughs> I'm, I have to be part of that and I'm going to go for a, a young boys victory but I think it's going to be 3-2 so I think there's oh. going to be chances so when we, when What a shame and you were doing so well and we were thinking about <laughs> getting you to bring you back at another time but uh, yeah, these things not happen be welcome back. Plenty of goals he said, plenty of goals These things happen yeah. Taxi! <laughs> uh, yeah. Alec, listen, thanks for being on with us and giving us some kind of insight into young boys for tomorrow. Rangers will play them. It's the early kickoff. Thank you very much again. Thanks, Alec. Uh, Alex Robinson, who's talking to us tonight uh, about young boys, an expert on uh, football in Switzerland. They seem to be the same as us, Bill, don't they? They seem to be putting, bringing players through the academy and hopefully trying to flog a few to keep the, the academy going and try and get a few quid. That's what they seem to be doing. I don't think they're the same as us. There's five cantons in Switzerland. I don't think we've got any cantons unless they're mm. Chinese restaurants and it's here. 17 quid a pint. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I'm just saying, I've just threw that one out Actually, there. I'm just thinking we'll the, last, the last time I was in Geneva, I'll tell you what I've noticed about Geneva. And I actually spoke to somebody about this. They've got beautiful buildings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are just absolutely, believe it or not, for Switzerland, you wouldn't think it, covered in graffiti. Now, Switzerland have more guns carried by people per capita than America, I'm told. I don't know if that's a fact, but I I was told that when I was there. But they don't have the same amount of gun crime. And I, I kind of said to someone casually, well, these are lovely buildings, why are they all graffitied? He said, because the, the police and people let people graffiti buildings, because if they're doing that, they're not stealing 
handbags and things from old ladies. And that was the answer I got. Honestly? Yeah, that was the answer I got. If they're spraying buildings and they're getting up to graffiti uh, and doing street art, and a lot of it wasn't, it was just like, you know, Tongs your bass and things so, like that. Tongs your bass. <laughs> it was just like, rock. Yeah, it was just like, aye. So if I'm thinking stealing a handbag or, or just going spray. Somebody loves you, loves you a tin of paint and says, get at it. <laughs> but I, I was stunned and that's the answer I got. I don't know whether somebody was taking the mickey, but that was the answer I got. And uh, I was, But I was very, very surprised at just how badly graffitied Geneva was. Well... That's unbelievable. But and, I, and, and I saw all these buildings because I was staying fairly well in the city centre because I, I was over there to go and see the, the people at the, the Swiss National Broadcasting, which is like their equivalent of the BBC. And uh, it was it was amazing. Couldn't believe it. It really was strange. I, mean, I just know that. I have a couple of friends that have been over there in Bern and that kind of places, and they just said the trains and everything, the, the, the transports... Second to none, it runs well. Right the, on time. the train I got, the train I got from the it's airport. One of the fast ones. In, no, the right. train I got, in, it, it was a horrible day. It was absolutely roasting. There was no air. All the windows in the train were down, and it was stinking. It was horrible. It really was. So and the I it BO as well. No, no, the train was just stinking. Right. It was dirty. It was just smelly. It was just horrible. I really didn't enjoy it at all. So we're not the really, trams are good. We're not painting a good picture of the tourist the tram, the, No, we're not <laughs> really, I suppose. The trams are excellent, though. 17 pint, pound a pint. The trains are rotten. Stink. The sun's out. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And the graffiti oil there was. There was. There was. There was loads of graffiti. It, it stunned me because I just didn't think that Switzerland. So, was if like there's that. any Rangers fans going out there and they fancy spraying a couple of was, you know, we. Don't know, say that. No, don't but say they'll not get the jail. I'm just saying they'll not get the jail. Don't say that. Because you're allowed to do it instead of no, one I, I didn't say you were allowed to. <laughs> I just said that they didn't seem to take any action and I was told they didn't take any action against it. But I don't think you get off the aeroplane oh, and somebody right, says, okay, which right. colour do you want, black, red, or blue? All right. You know, so. Boys here, not can I? Aye. Right, Nepal. Kilroy. So, what do you think? How do you think the, the game will go? I think Rangers will take a point. Right. I think they'll take a point from it. I think it'll be 2 2. I think it'll be goals. a Desmond. Well, well, he's saying there's going to be goals. Well, the reason I think there'll be goals as well, and I think Rangers will get a couple, is purely and simply because if they're, the way he says they are at the back, I think Morelis could run amok with them, pull right. them all over the place. And, and do you think he'll stick with the same team that, that played? No. no, 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 no. I think he'll, he'll make changes. I think he'll make changes. But, you know, the, 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 the thing for European games is that you've got a strong squad. And he's certainly got that this season, Stephen Do you Gerrard. think he'll make changes due to the park situation? That might be a possibility. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... Is that cutting off your nose to spite your face a wee bit? Well, you look at the team he put out, you've seen Hollander's performance and a couple of guys but Colts and that. I don't think they're pretty comfortable on it. But no, I, but I, against don't, I, I, think the old, I don't think the old firm are comfortable on right. AstroTurf generally, yeah. at Celtic or Rangers. And I'm just getting back to the Livingston game. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so you may be right there. He may be horses for yeah. courses. And uh, let me just run through the fixtures uh, that are on tonight. And a couple of games have started in Group E. Uh, Genk and Napoli are drawing nil-nil. Liverpool obviously play 
Red Bull Salzburg. That kicks off at 8. Slavia Prague are 2-0 down against Borussia Dortmund in Group F. Barcelona against Inter is in uh, Group F as well. That kicks off at 8 o'clock. Leipzig against Lyon. That kicks off in Group G at 8. Zenit St. Petersburg, Benfica in the same group. And in Group H, Lille against Chelsea. Valencia against Ajax. They all kick off at 8 o'clock. So that's where we are with that. Have you done a coupon for tonight with these, uh, no, these games looking, or do you just stick to the old No, I don't like that... the European. I just like to watch them and uh, focus on that. But I'm looking at the Lowland League and every game is nil-nil at the minute. Oh, really? And there's 12, 13 minutes going. Good grief. Okay. So yeah, so that's um, big games tonight. BSE, East Kilbride, Cumbernauld, Civil Service, East Stirling and Vela League. Can Liverpool defend their Champions League you know, I think they throwing can. Throwing at the mom- moment. I think they can. Yeah. I think they're. I think they're brilliant at the minute. Um, exciting to watch. Score goals. The big Italian teams don't seem to be the same as what they used to be. Barcelona obviously a threat, but watching Bayern Munich last night, I thought they were fantastic. I thought. Absolutely I thought Spurs fantastic. were particularly bad. Yeah, but I just thought the lightning quick way they strike and they mm. go and they're lethal as well, Bill, you know. And German efficiency, you see. Yeah, I see the trains run at the right time, don't German they? efficiency, <laughs> no, it's Japan. Is that Japan? Is that Nepal? But, uh, yeah, German efficiency. I mean, I like the Germans are very workmanlike. Uh, and, and I've got flair as well. They've got ability, but they're, they're very well organised. They always have been. It's, and that was a doing. Oh, the, mm. I mean, absolutely. I think it even went past a doing. Yeah, so it was annihilation. Yeah. It was almost nuclear. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week, same time. I'll be back tomorrow night, which is Thursday, and uh, Jerry McCabe will be in with us. Uh, We will keep you updated, obviously, in the Rangers game, for those of you who aren't actually watching it, and we will preview the Celtic game as well. Thank you for your company tonight. Ian Robertson was a producer, as always. I'll see you tomorrow between 6 and 8. Coming up next, it's Lewis with the line-out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Ali Graham on Rock Sport Radio.